Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, welcome to the Sebe cast number 34 with Foe. Foe. What's going on, dude? I've already mentioned it on the Twitter, but absolute privilege to have you on. You're, you know, if we're talking numbers-wise, you're the biggest guest I've had on the cast so far, so this is going to be a real treat for me. So I, yeah, just really cool how it kind of started. Uh, Feeble Me, for those that know, he just sent a little message on one of Paul's threads uh, about... What was it? Was it like just the summer summit and stuff? Can't even remember. I, I think so. I think it was something update related. Yeah, and so he just said, "When are you going to come on a Sebe cast?" And honestly, people sometimes do that in my stream. Like viewers of my stream will go and like ask people, "Just when are you going to uh-huh. be on the Sebe cast?" I'm like, "Oh God!" Like, but uh, yeah, this one. Uh, I guess I guess I guess it was good. You were you sounded pretty excited to be on it. So uh, is he uh, is he modded already? Because if not, you should mod him. <laughs> All right. If if feeble if feeble me is in here during the cast, he'll he'll get a he'll get a mod. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's great to be here, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. No. It's 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 uh, my pleasure, man. So yeah, uh, I want to get to know about you a little bit more. Uh, I've watched you, like I said in the uh, tweet, for over five years now. And you, let me think, Mr. Mammal, MMORPG, Bodie, you know, just all the giants of the OSRS section. I, I seem to have all followed around the same time when I first joined Twitch. And so nice. you guys are like the legends in my book. So uh, I want to hear it. When, what, I guess what, uh, I don't even know where to start. Like where... When did you get into streaming? When did you get into old school RuneScape? Um, did it all happen at once? What What is your history with the game? Let's just kind of go through it if if you want. Yeah, sure. Those are those are good questions. Uh, so so RuneScape. Uh, I, I grew up like I think most people uh, playing RuneScape from a really young age. I think I was twelve when I started. Uh, that's like two thousand two. Uh, so I've been in RuneScape for a very long time, probably longer than some of the people that listen to this podcast have been born or ha- have been alive, right? Yeah. 
Uh, I, I'm rolling on like 19 years of RuneScape now, Jesus. Uh, which is huge. But uh, so I started in RuneScape Classic, and you know I played it nonstop uh, with both of my brothers, and you know played for a long time. Played until about 2007, 2008. They took away free trade in the wilderness, and I actually quit the game around then. I, I left. I went and played a while for a while. Uh, joined the military, played a little bit, dabbled uh, during that time, but I didn't play too much. And then when I got out of the military in 2013, uh, I, I, it was like January 2013, I started playing WoW again. And then I just, I was like, you know, let's go see what's going on with RuneScape. So I went to the website and that day was the day that Old School RuneScape was released. And I had no idea that they were doing anything like Old School RuneScape. So I was like, mind blown. It was released like an hour before I checked. So I like instantly <laughs> went and bought membership. And so I've been playing Old School specifically since day one. Uh, since since that morning, I actually called my younger brother and I was like, hey, man, we got to play this. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of broke. I'm in college. I, I, I'm like, I'll buy your membership. Let's play. Let's just have a good time. Like the, the good old days. Right. Yeah. And uh, and then like four days into us playing it, uh, you know, he was into so streaming a little bit on WoW and, uh, you know, he knew what to do. And I I had watched some streams for the last year or so, but I'd never tried it. And he's like, yo, you should you should try to get into this. I think, you know. I think you'd enjoy it. You've got a lot of experiences from your time in the military and whatever else. And you just like talking to people. So how about I set this up for you and you just see what you see if you like it. So like within the first week of me playing old school, I started streaming it and it kind of cascaded from there. I actually got extremely lucky with my start in that uh, I had what I believe to be the first visage drop in the game. And I was live during that time. So like my my stream over the first few days was averaging like what 40 50 viewers maybe and you know that's that's big for like you know beginning of a stream because yeah. old school is just so popular then uh and then I, I got that drop and i instantly shot to like 800 like towards the top of the category and i think that's really like if that catalyst didn't happen i don't know if i'd be here today wow um, yeah so that so that little i saw uh just a topic on the twitter talking about that visage drop so that really meant a lot yeah, that I I really think back sometimes because you know it, it's a measure of luck uh, with, with Twitch. I, I think that's definitely you know part of the recipe to be, become anything on Twitch. You have to have some factor of luck in there. It's just it's Absolutely. hard to break through. And if that didn't happen, like I have no idea, man. So what? Uh, so you starting out like how how was Twitch at the time? Because I'm assuming it was Twitch. I don't know when the switch from Justin TV to Twitch was. Yeah, so it, it was Twitch then. I, I want to say the switch was maybe a couple years before that. Uh, there weren't a ton of broadcasters on RuneScape Twitch at the time. I remember Bodhi was streaming around then. Uh, Alfie and Emily had been streaming for about a year or two before that because they did like flowering in, in RuneScape and they used to stream that, I think. Uh, you know, I, I remember there, there were a lot of like new broadcasters around that time, but it was very... It was different than it is today. Um, the The chat activity seemed to be more active then, right when Old School was released. I mean, it was new and exciting, so I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, Twitch was less emote-based. I mean, Kappa was basically the only thing that people would spam. Uh, and it was very, like, meme song-based back then as well. Like, everyone yeah. had, like, the same music that they would go to. And, you know, you, you'd get, like, 20 minutes in a stream of people playing Darude Sandstorm and, like, not saying <laughs> a thing just just Darude pumping and like the whole chat's just going wild. It was it was it was fun back then. It was different though. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, I'm sad because I started watching Twitch in 2015. So yeah. like all those meme songs like people will like what's that one meme song? You know, you you still came in during like the Ameno stage though. Yeah, yeah, I did. 
There were a few things that I just never understood, mm-hmm. though, that I still just can't ever understand. But emotional Titanic flute, you know, all those great ones. <laughs> yeah. So what was 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 streaming fun to you? Like, oh, because it's there, been fun. Man. There are people that just like you know would love to stream, but then they start doing it and they realize it's not really for them. Yeah, I mean, I think it helped that I didn't I didn't get into streaming to try to make a career or a job or anything out of it. You know, I was a I, I got out of the military to go back to college, and I was a student at the time, and I had the post nine eleven GI Bill that basically paid for my school, paid for my housing. You know, I, I didn't really have any you know struggles with with finances or anything like that. I didn't I didn't get into stream to make money. You know, so like I for the first probably half year that I streamed it was just for fun I just toss up my stream for you know a few hours a day and just chill with some people and I built a little community um so like, it was just it, it didn't seem like a like a hassle or anything like that yeah that's interesting so w- at what point did you get like uh how far down the line did you get to the point where you realized you could probably make this your career um I mean, that would have been years. Like, I, I think, I think I've finally, it may be in the summer. I think RuneScape Old School came out in February. In the summer sometime that year, 2013, uh, I ended up finally putting, like, a donation button on my channel. Um, and even that, I didn't, you know, I didn't really push much, but I did have people that supported with that. I think a lot of the times when people donated then, I'd go take that money and I'd buy beer and then I'd do a drunk stream. <laughs> um but I actually, I stepped away from, from old school that first year because like that fall was my first full-time semester in college after my, my time in the military. So I, I wanted to get away from RuneScape and, and Twitch and everything. I didn't want to have any distractions. I wanted to make sure I got my education started well. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've always kind of given, given my education a, a really high priority in my life. So I didn't want any distractions. So I quit for like three or four months. Uh, when I came back was like November maybe. And in December, I got partnered and got a sub button. And I think that's kind of when I realized, like, hey, maybe I could make something of this. So it would have been late that first year. Uh, so, I mean, it, it took some time to build up. But I think it was a lot harder back then to get partnered. I think I think the average concurrent viewership you needed was like 800. So I was kind of mind blown that, that I even got accepted to it. Yeah, that's what I had heard Uh Back and I, I think even like in 2014 or 2015, even it was like 500 for partner. Yeah, and yeah. you didn't even get a sub button. So all I right. know is that affiliates get sub button, uh, affiliates get emotes, affiliates basically get everything that a partner gets, except just yeah. a lesser degree. So, so yeah, how I got lucky, I think, because uh, I, I got my sub button like four days. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, uh, you're like good. Four days after I got partnership, uh, and. I don't know if that was just because, you know, I was very cool with some of the people that were in that department at Twitch or, or what. It, I think, you know, there's probably a certain level of, of who you know that had to do with that. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. So how how is how was the, I guess, financial aspect of it before a sub button? Was it all donation based? Because there was no sub gifting. There was no bits. I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I think even even probably the first year or two that people started getting sub buttons, uh as far as like what you made from streaming, it was probably 70, 80% donations, even with sub button. Yeah. Uh, and I think Twitch has done a good job capitalizing and I say a good job. I don't like it, but uh, I think they've done a good job capitalizing that market and kind of, you know, getting in with, with bits and everything else and really taking that market share away from just the regular, you know, donation system yeah. so they can get their, their piece of the pie. Yeah. Uh, 
which I, I don't like it because it's obviously a, a large amount that's taken away from the creators and, yeah. you know, put into the pockets of Twitch. But at the same time, I'm grateful because without Twitch, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, uh, about a year until you kind of started really focusing on it. Did you do right. school after that during like Twitch or anything, or was it just Twitch at that point? Yeah. So I, um, you know, that, that 2013, I started my degree and I, I stayed a full-time student in, including, you know, summer classes and everything else until I graduated. And, uh, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in the summer of 2016. And that's when I actually went full-time on Twitch up until then I was only streaming about 20 or 30 hours a week. So, you know, I really did not make my focus Twitch until after I got my degree. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of times, I guess uh I guess nowadays I don't know it's it's so different like Twitch culture is so different from then mm-hmm. and now because I, I feel like it was it was more uh I I don't know I I would say Twitch is still pretty lopsided with like you know the top 1% get the most amount of viewers obviously and then or the majority I should say and then the le- the like 99% below it basically shares the other half um yeah. But yeah, okay, so interesting. And then uh, how how did you feel about when affiliates started getting everything that partners get? Because I do remember when that was happening, a lot of partners that felt like they like had to put their blood, sweat, and tears into this. Now they're kind of just giving it out for free. Did you have any feelings toward that? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, you know, I think people that are trying to make something out of Twitch, that's a, a really good way for them to get into it and get that opportunity. Um, you know, all it is, is really bringing more people into, you know, the same market, which as far as, you know, competition goes, that should make you as an individual want to try harder and and put more effort in. Right. Uh, So like overall, it should raise the quality of everyone's content. So I think it's a good thing. Uh, I know there are, there are some people that, you know, were kind of unhappy with that about, oh, they're taking my subs or whatever else. Like if they're taking your subs, either you're not entertaining enough or you're doing something wrong. Yeah. you know so yeah there's I, I see no problem with it so i want to hear about your military experience or anything that you do feel comfortable sharing just how did that translate from living in like living a more military life and then you know focusing on education and stuff like how how was that shift of doing all that into just playing video games well that's what people say is just playing video games there's <laughs> a lot more than that but like and I also want to hear about kind of the social interactions. Like, how do your friends, how did your friends see it? And maybe your uh, parents. Yeah, okay. Um, well, well, as far as the military aspect goes, I mean, I, I think that's a question I get a lot. Does, like, my experience in the military translate to what I do today? And I think I think kind of all of our experiences, you know, we, we kind of, you know, build off of all of all of what we take in. So obviously I can apply my, my military stuff to anything that I do. Um, I, I can't say that I like can sit here and grind so much better than everyone else because I was in the military and I was forced to do things for, you know, however many hours per day. Uh, Cause you guys know me, I'm terrible at grinding. Uh, but I mean, I, I think it helps in terms of, you know, structure, routine and discipline. Uh, I think that's the main things that I kind of apply from my military to to my streaming life. 
where like I, I like having the same exact routine every day. I wake up at the same time. I, I work out. I have my coffee. I sit here and I stream for eight hours or nine hours or whatever else. I do the same thing every day. And that's very normal to me. And I think, you know, building a routine like that is, is really helpful with streaming. Uh, as far as like my, my friends and whatever, I, I, I think I'm like most most gamers, at least most RuneScape players. I didn't really share a lot that I play RuneScape with people like when I was young, when I was in the military, I had some friends in the military that knew I played and, you know, they played RuneScape and WoW and whatever else. And there's actually a large amount of gamers in the, in the military. I'd say 90% of the people that I knew in the military played some sort of video games all the time, like wow. insane hours. <laughs> um, and actually, I think four or five people that, you know, I served with have actually found my stream over the last few years and, you know, just <laughs> randomly dropped me a DM or a message in the chat. I've got one guy that, you know, I was stationed with that was one of my soldiers for a long time. And he comes around like every week and he's like, hey, it's me, you know, just seeing how you're doing. Wow. Uh, he, out he outranks me now, which is, you know, wild because he was just a little <laughs> private back then. But wow. uh, and then my my parents, um, my mom has supported my stream since day one. Uh, I think she probably has cumulatively more hours watched in my stream than anyone else. Um, <laughs> and you guys don't know who, who she is. I don't share her Twitch username. Or wow. Like Nobody's but found out. No one's found out. Uh, and I, I, you know, just like to have that separation and That's she understands good. that. Yeah. Um, my dad doesn't really understand it. Um, but I mean, I, I think that's just a culture thing. My dad's Greek. Uh, he was born in Greece. You know, he he understands the internet. He does not use the internet. Uh, so obviously he doesn't sit there and watch video game streamers on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I've explained it to him multiple times. And he he's just happy that, that I'm successful. I think that's how he sees it. All he's ever wanted was for me to be successful. That's awesome. See, that's like the opposite of me. My My mom, I feel like, is the one that doesn't understand what's going on. But my dad has supported my stream since day one. Even though he didn't want me to stream, mm -hmm. <laughs> he wanted me to go like finish school, finish everything. I basically was like, let, just let me have this. I'm single. I'm young. Just <laughs> and uh, he's he's supported it, so um, it's kind of interesting. That's great. So yeah, uh, I guess if you're if you're totally cool talking about it, um, I I'm just curious myself. How did you meet Anne? Was that before uh, or after streaming? Yeah, so that was after I became a streamer. Okay. Uh, my younger brother introduced us. He was uh, he was a student at University of Texas, and that's where she went to school. And they they knew each other. They were in the same friends group. I think he was dating one of her friends at the time. And uh, he introduced us. At, I think I went to go like spend his birthday with like his twenty first birthday or something like that with them. And uh, she ended up being you know in the same group of friends that time. So I you know kind of hit it off with her and. Uh, I think there was, you know, a pretty, pretty immediate attraction there, but she was, uh, you know, a little unwilling to, uh, to give me too much attention. Uh, we, we talked for a good amount of months, you know, just randomly here and there kind of just kept in contact. It, it wasn't until about maybe eight months later or something that we started dating. Okay. Wow. So, uh, there's hope for the streamers, you know? There's, hope. there's always hope. She had no idea that I streamed. Um, really? And I didn't tell her. I actually, no, literally like five months into us dating, <laughs> I finally, no. actually, no, it, it was longer than that. It was over half a year after we started dating that, you know, I was, I was hanging out with her and I sat her down and I was like, look, okay, I'm going to pull this up. I'm going to show you what I do. This is what I do, you know, multiple oh times a week, five, six times a week. You know, she thought, you know, I'm just a student, right? Or that's yeah, what, yeah. that was my yeah. idea. But she just thinks that, you know, I'm focusing on school or whatever else. Turns out when I pulled up Twitch, first off, I showed her a, a past broadcast of mine. 
and uh, showed her, you know, okay, like I play video games with an audience and I kind of explained what I'm doing. And, you know, and she looks at me like, like blank face. And she goes, so, uh, so you're like a cam girl. <laughs> oh, God, no. So like, I, I like start stuttering over everything. I'm trying to explain it better. And she looks at me, she goes, uh, yeah, your brother told me about this like, like four months ago. So apparently my, my younger brother like completely <laughs> leaked it. And I had no idea for like months and months. She knew that I did this and I was like keeping it from her or whatever. Oh like, my God. It was really awkward. Oh, that's <laughs> awful. Yeah. That's funny though. Like, uh, wow. I'm surprised you never brought that up like beforehand. So I mean, we're all gamers. We all kind of like understand that kind of like, oh, this isn't this isn't like a social norm to stream in front of your computer playing right, video games. Right. But um, see, but I mean, I, I think it was easier because like that was around that time that I I didn't really do it for a job or anything like that. So it yeah. just seemed like something I did on the side for fun. So it was like you know, I probably wouldn't tell her like you know, oh yeah, I spent all my time playing or watching football, you know, or whatever else, because she's not as interested in it. Yeah. So I figured it just, it wasn't one of those things that she would be interested in. So I didn't really, you know, divulge too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I totally, in hindsight, that. I probably should have said more. <laughs> no, I totally understand because, uh, like bringing this up to, especially like the first couple of years you're starting where you're not, you know, you don't, you're not really sure where it's going that's like the biggest right. issue is like when you're not right. sure where it's going and you can just kind of stop at any time you don't never feel like it's a permanent thing i definitely wasn't telling all my friends <laughs> in fact i still <laughs> i still hardly tell my like past irl friends about it if they find it's really weird and you were just saying that like your military friends would come in it's really weird when you mm -hmm. have somebody you knew from your previous life come into your stream and you're like i wonder how like different i am or like how they see i don't know Sometimes. Yeah, I was reading something about this recently, but it, it made a lot of sense. Uh, everyone that you've met has a different idea of you in their mind, even even from what you think of yourself, right? Because like you know, everyone that sees you is only exposed to a little aspect of you, or or they see a certain way that you behave at that one given time. Wow! So yeah, if you think about it that way, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, that's weird, actually. <laughs> I don't, sometimes I sometimes I don't even know if I I I recognize I don't think I'd recognize myself honestly. Have you ever heard that thing where like if you were to see yourself like a clone version of mm -hmm. yourself, you wouldn't be able to recognize yourself? Yeah, I, I believe I, it. I don't know if that's like fully true. I feel like I'd look weird, but like, yeah, no, that's that's weird. But it is always strange when somebody comes in, especially. I always feel the need now if somebody that I do know comes into my stream. I have to basically like pull them aside afterward and be like, please don't dox me. Please don't, please don't tell me like, don't tell everybody about my, you know, siblings or this or what school elementary school I went to. So they see yeah. people. Uh, I don't know if you had those kind of incidences, but I feel like when people would come into my stream, I had one friend that came in a year ago. He, he had friends that stream, but for them, it was like streaming to five people IRL, like basically like mm -hmm. streaming to his five IRL friends. So you could say whatever you wanted, any jokes, any inside jokes. But for me, it's like taking this a bit more seriously. So I think there's a, it's good to have that separation. You yeah. Know? Wow. So now you've been full time for almost five years. Something like that. Yeah. And how is your life? Um, was there was there a plan before getting into streaming that you kind of saw your life taking? Uh, there was. Um, 
And I, I mean, I think at the time, like I, I was studying kinesiology, which is, you know, exercise science. Um, and I, I had the intention to just get my degree and actually go back into the army as an officer. Um, and it's actually something that I still considered even when I graduated in 2016, even though I had, you know, kind of more or less made it with streaming. I still went and talked to the recruiters and all the rest. And uh, I think I, I, you know, I sat down with, with Anne at the time uh, we were engaged and we kind of talked about like where we wanted our, where we wanted to go with our lives and made the decision that we didn't want to constantly move around and kind of have that unstable, you know, uh, home situation. Uh, so I actually decided against going back into the army at that time. So, you know, I mean, I had, you know, a plan before I started streaming and that continued to be my plan even while I was streaming. Uh, but it, it took some, you know, it, it took a lot of thought to, you know, try to figure out what am I going to do long term? And, you know, because there's there's obviously a there's not a lot of job security or there's not a lot of, you know, uh, just there's you don't really know where you're going with streaming anything can happen at, at any time i could be banned on twitch tomorrow twitch could shut down two days from now you know there's no yep. long term with this so i was very nervous about getting into it you know for a uh, guaranteed you know this is what i'm gonna do for the next you know however many years because that's that's hard and that's a lot of the reason i decided to still get my degree even though i was doing well with streaming was i always wanted to have something to fall back on yeah uh in case streaming for whatever reason didn't work out uh, I've been very fortunate to to still be here today and still have at least a few people that are that are interested in watching my content. Um, but I mean, who knows? Like, where we'll be a, a year or two from now, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely something that I feel like a lot of streamers worry about when they start putting. At least uh, a lot of streamers kind of put all their eggs in one basket. They they tend yeah. to kind of diversify with like different platforms like YouTube and stuff, but. At the end of the day, it's usually a large portion of the money's coming from Twitch. So if Twitch were to shut down, you know, what, what happens then? Yeah, it's a scary prospect. And I, I mean, I think at least to, you know, a lot of streamers out there that are, you know, thinking about going long term, at least have a backup plan. I think that's that's a smart thing. Because uh, like, like you said, I, I don't think it's a good idea to put all your eggs in one basket. Because um, you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay, before we start getting into some RuneScape topics, and especially summer, su- uh, summer, su- was it summer summit? No, I'm summer summit. Myself. That's okay. okay. Before we get into all that, I want to ask one more kind of IRL thing, and that is fitness. Okay. Um, when did you get into fitness? Have you always been just kind of into exercising as a child, or? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Let's. I want to uh... hear it because uh, I am definitely. I have a lot of interest in fitness. I used to work out in college and stuff. I kind of, I fall out of the habit here and there. I don't have any like drilled in uh, plan of exercising mm-hmm. every morning and stuff, but I would love to hear it from you and what, what has worked for you. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to avoid going back to, you know, army over and over and over, but like, that's really where my fitness journey began. When I, when I joined the military at 19, I, I weighed 135 pounds. Um, I was tiny right? I, I wasn't into fitness. I didn't really do any running, anything like that. Um, when I guess after my first year in, I went from about 135 to about 170. Wow. Uh, and, and that's kind of what opened my eyes to like, oh, you know, all this takes is a little bit of effort. Obviously, you know, I was kind of, you know, not forced, but, you know, I was pushed to, to you know, do so much physically that, you know, naturally over time, I just kind of started putting on muscle mass. 
But yeah, so maybe about eight months into my service time, I, I realized, you know, hey, this is, you know, a change that I can actually make with my body. And, you know, I, I started taking a, a, a higher interest in that. So I started, you know, going to the gym, I don't know, four or five times a week. And, you know, after about six months of that, I just never wanted to get away from it. My, my day didn't feel normal if I didn't get a workout in. Uh, so it kind of shifted from being something that I was somewhat interested in to being something that, you know, if I didn't do it that day, my day didn't feel right. So I, I just kind of just needed it in, in my routine. Um, and then I got interested in bodybuilding for a long time and, you know, started started that for a while. I think at my peak, I got up to about 210 pounds. Uh, so that was a big difference from where I started at at 135. Yeah. And that took a few years. And then kind of the opposite, ever since I started streaming old school, that's kind of gone downhill. So there seems to be like an inversely proportionate, you know, deal where the more I play old school RuneScape, the the less I weigh uh it's I'm kind of working the wrong way I think I need to stop playing old school so much maybe but yeah hey I I just I mean I love fitness I I try to get as many people into it as I can uh, I think it's a very healthy thing uh long term for your for your body uh there's there's a lot of you know studies that show that you know the more uh, resistance training you do the healthier bones you have as you get older you start losing that bone mass and keeping resistance training up keeps you know that, that bone activity building uh, so that's important. Muscle growth is important. I think cardiovascular health is very important. Uh, I want to be here for a long time, you know, and yeah. I, I don't want my health uh, to be a factor or rather I don't want negative health aspects to be a factor in, in what doesn't keep me on this on this earth for a long time. So, you know, I do what I can just to stay healthy at this point. I'm not so interested in bodybuilding or anything like that. Now I just like to work out to, to stay in shape. That's a good mindset. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh I will say the times I am working out are the times I can actually grind on RuneScape the longest because I have just way more focus and just clear-headed. I'm not, like, depressed, you know? I don't have that, like, depressing cloud of, like, oh, like I'm eating chips and stuff. It's like, no, I, <laughs> you know, I, I had a healthy breakfast, worked out. Now I can just focus on, you know, whatever I'm doing, whether that be gaming or not. It makes you feel good, man. It makes you feel amazing. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It It's actually crazy how... It's like a drug. It's it's actually like the best drug you could ever take, pretty much. Is this Yeah, I agree, man. Just actual natural exercise. And so yeah, I'm just uh you're an inspiration to me, believe it or not, even though and I believe a lot of other people probably are as well, as as little as um, you know, I talk about it or others might talk about it, um, or even mention it. But the gamers I see that live a active lifestyle is really motivating to me you know I, I don't understand it but in the old school category there seems to be like a, a disproportionate amount of people that are like so interested in fitness you see with the streamers for sure i don't know if you look at if you've looked at the rest of twitch or like a lot of gaming categories but old school streamers like for the most part are you know super super fit super interested in in staying fit and kind of you know living an active lifestyle i actually love it man it must be something with the grind. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe I just know. need to need to get away from all the experience from time to time. Yeah, and to be fair, like old school RuneScape uh, section is definitely like tw people in their twenties, like men in their late twenties yeah. at this point. So. Yeah, I think it's a good demographic for you know people that are interested in in fitness. Yeah. Okay, I want to kind of switch gears now and talk about what is coming for the rest of the year for 
or old school. So you're a huge fan of Dead Man Mode. You take I am. you take that shit very seriously, and also leagues. Um, I'm not exactly sure when leagues is coming out. If that's at the end of the year. Or That'll probably be December. Year. Okay. If I if I had to guess a, a specific month, I'm thinking December for that. So is the Dead Man Mode coming out this month? Yeah. So it comes out August 25th. Okay. And what is the plan? Because so I I had to reread the blog because usually in the like the actual presentation, I kind of like I zone out the dead man mode because I just don't mm-hmm. do it. It the, the game mode stresses me out. If there's anything you could uh, say to somebody that's too that has too much anxiety to even start, because I played the first ever like dead man that like World three forty five or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That I had such a bad experience. I died twice yeah. and I just quit. And I was like, I hate dead man mode. I was I was talking with some people yesterday about it and like a lot of people feel that way but that's kind of the design of dead man mode and it's it's unfortunate that it's designed like that but that's like the whole purpose is yeah you know the, the point is to to kill the person next to you and when you kill the person next to you that person is not motivated to keep playing so it's kind of like a self-defeating game mode right <laughs> where the more that you play it the more people die off the more people <laughs> quit and then that kind of makes the whole game die off and then that kind of cascades so <laughs> I, I think they're they're trying something interesting on this one, which is kind of giving you what what I expect to be a better rebuild potential. And I think if they're going to keep Deadman as a long term thing or try to keep it, you know, lasting longer, that's something that's necessary. Is you need to to enable people to be able to rebuild themselves on the game very quickly, very seamlessly, uh, because that's the most like depressing part. It actually sucks when you 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 know, spend a day or two building up and you get this, you know, all this gear and you get all these stats and then you, you die one time and I'm like, goodbye. Yep. Uh, that sucks. And I, I think they've made some changes over the years where it's kind of less brutal. If you, you said you played the first dead man mode, yeah. you die anywhere in the game and you lost 50% of all of your experience, except for those like few save stats. Right. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, they, they change it to where if you die, you didn't lose any experience or if you lost combat XP, you gain it back so quickly if you were sculled, but if you were unsculled, you didn't lose anything at all. So they, they tried to like kind of help with that, but th- at the same time, that kind of also took away from the idea of what Deadman Mode was. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting kind of problem to solve, and it's not one that they've really figured out a fix for yet, I think. I, I think there, there's upsides and downsides to this one that's coming up. Um, the upsides, obviously, uh, they're, they're throwing in these league-type aspects to it you know, they're the sigils and the sigils are going to be like relics from leagues where you have all kinds of boosted stats or i, I think they said some of them are like skilling based some of them are, are offensively combat based and some are defensively combat based and you can kind of change them out in in the safe zones uh, as as much as you want yeah so you can go all combat ones you can go all defensive ones if you just want to try to avoid being pk'd and kind of tank people out because you don't want to lose your stats uh, and I, I think that's that's going to make this one you know different enough to where there's not going to be an established meta yeah. going into it and that's i think to me that's what made dead men so stale eventually and i played i don't know 12 14 seasons of these things uh, but that, that made you know the last 10 of them very stale is it seemed to be the same exact thing every time and everyone knew the you know the meta and you knew how you're going to train up and you knew how you're going to gear up and then you get to the final and everyone has the same stuff yep uh with this one with these with these relics being a thing with the the combat brackets where like if you if you go from level 35 to level 36 you get logged off of that world and you have yep. to log on to a level 36 to 70 world and then a 71 to 99 world or whatever it is right um 
those those combat brackets and these sigils they should make this different enough that not everyone's going to know the best stuff to do instantly it's going to take some figuring out so you kind of you know there's there's strategy that goes back into play and that's what i like about deadman mode is being able to you know kind of strategize the whole thing and if you can think quick on your feet you can get ahead and if you can get ahead of the pkers then even if you know you're like me and you're not so you know pk oriented uh you can actually you know handle yourself just fine because you kind of let your stats and your gear carry you instead of your pk skills yeah that was yeah. a lot to say really quickly sorry no no uh, <laughs> i think it i i love to watch dead man mode i love it absolutely mm-hmm. just love the tournament and everything and even people training up i'll hop through all the streamers that are like you know up there grinding um i think the bracket system is going to be really cool i know uh Peter Spam loves his like low pure uh, accounts, and so I feel yeah. like a lot of the people that don't like just the typical, you know, m- max main PKing are really going to enjoy yeah. this. In fact, this dying will, will actually probably almost be like a reward <laughs> for some. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's strategy that's involved in that. Even you can you can spend your first few days just questing. Like say say you want to go get uh, sins of the father done, right? Uh, you can you can quest up to Sins of the Father, and then if you die three times on that third death, all of your combat stats get wiped. But your quests don't get wiped. So if you want to go then farm blood shards by thieving, you can get 35 combat or whatever, uh, kind of max out your defense or kind of range tank it or whatever you want to build it as. But you can then go thieve Virewatch for blood shards with a rogue armor on, and the, the highest level person you have to worry about is someone that's level 35. You can probably tank that out. So, like, there's there's a lot of strategy in, in how you want to, you know, structure your account even after a rebuild where you can, you know, get all these things done and then stay in a lower combat bracket if you have some something that you want to work on, like a blood shard, which, you know, make a blood fury and you have some healing during the past, uh, you know, the final bit. Yeah. That, there, that could be appealing for some people. So, what, was there anything that was restricted? I remember they mentioned a few things like LMS and other like mini games are restricted, but I feel like chambers and TOB is all unlocked. Correct. Yeah. They're, you know, chambers is going to be active. Uh, so you'll be able to go in and get, um, you know, prey scrolls and ancestral and all that stuff. Theater blood's going to be in the game. So you'll see a Vernix. You might see some tank gear in there with, with just I think something different that they're doing this time that they haven't done since like the, I don't know, second or third dead men mode season is they're putting Zorga back in the game with venom. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're going to be able to get you know a blowpipe or whatever if you want to venom someone. That is that used to be one of the worst things ever. You get venom one time and that no one no one keeps anti venoms on them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So if you if some PKer rolls along and you get venom, you're pretty much screwed. So that's gonna that's gonna change things again. I think they're also putting the Varrock flail back, which uh, they <laughs> they removed that a long time ago, so like halfway OP. through the seasons, because. Yeah, you know, at the end, in the final hour, people would use full Varrock, and, you know, you would beat almost any account with that. Maybe not every time, but, you know, someone that didn't have a lot of skill was able to go take on these, you know, tribrids and shit. Yeah. And they removed that, and then it was kind of a joke that they then put in the the ancient equipment, you know, the Vesta Longsword and, and you know, Morgan's Javelins and all that stuff, but they kept the Varrock Flail out. And that stuff is so much more powerful than full Verox is. So it's good that they finally put that back in. Yeah. Because maybe someone doesn't have the ability or the or the you know cash stack to buy a, a VLS, but they can afford a full Verox set and they can kind of you know give themselves a long shot. Maybe go range tank plus Verox. Yeah. And and have a chance. It's just it's more variation. It's more 
more uh, you know choices out there for people. I think it's a good thing. Were but. were the past seasons? Did those have like uh, increased drop rates on items? Because I know they're doing it for this one. Yeah. So um, so they are increasing. I think it's I think it's threefold. It might be three x or four x. Yeah. Actually, I guess it's four x because like Abbey whips and whatnot used to be like one in one twenty eight. Uh, so they're doing a lot of that stuff with like the Bandos and probably the Zora uniques. Uh, the theater items I think might have been three x as common last time. Uh, theater and, and chambers. So yeah, that'll still be in the game. And then there's still going to be the global drop table where anything in the game can drop a VLS. But if you're in the wilderness, you have a better chance at dropping a VLS. I think it's something like that. Mm. Uh, I actually asked Husky to look back at the code because when they initially released uh, the the PVP weapons, they had the they had the formula wrong. They had the uh, the algorithm wrong that determined what the drop rate was based on the monsters. It was supposed to like you know be more common as it went up in level. Yeah. Like if you kill something that's level three hundred, you have a much better chance than if you kill something that's level eighty. And the way that they initially had it work was like it peaked at a hundred combat. Uh, so the closer you got to hundred, the better chance it was. But if you went past that, it actually got worse. Killing a level one ninety eight was the same chance as killing a level two. <laughs> so what? It, oh it took them. It, yeah, yeah. When they first released it, and that's why everyone killed Ankus because it ended up like everyone was getting stuff from Ankus. They're like eighty-six combat in the wild. Oh my god! And we were like, oh, we don't know why that's happening. Ankus and fire giants are so good, but if you go kill black demons, no one's getting it off that because they're like you know I don't know one seventy-two combat or something, right? <laughs> yeah. So we we're like you know something's wrong here. So we kind of pulled up the formula and tossed it into Wolfram Alpha. It's not like I did the calculations. I looked at a little graph that you know showed a bell curve. And it, it turned out that like the closer you got to 200 combat, the lower chance it was. And it was like that for at least the first like two dead man seasons that these things were in the game. <laughs> like it took them months and months to, you know, first to catch this. It, it just reminds me like, it, it's funny how um, us as like a collective player base just kind of like find these things out pr- relatively quickly. Like, okay, something's uh-huh. off. Same thing with Fasani's Nightmare. Nobody had got like out of like four different like major PVM glands. Everybody after like ten hours of Fasani's release was like, "Has anybody gotten an item yet?" And everyone's like, "Nope." <laughs> and then no kidding. Was, like, some, I, like, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, there was like some secret. Uh, like, I guess Arcane came into my stream and he was like, "Oh yeah, like uh, it looks like everyone just got really unlucky, Kappa." Like it, mm. apparently they did mess up, but uh, you yeah. know, it wasn't that big of a deal. I guess they could just hot fix it. But yeah, that was funny to see like the whole community is like the same 60 thing happened in the league yeah oh yeah the trailblazer league with the, with the god wars dungeon items the minions weren't dropping anything and like for for like a week straight you know i kept telling them about it and they're like oh no you guys are just getting unlucky <laughs> like you you don't understand like we have so many collective kills throughout like everyone <laughs> yeah. in this community like got like you know ten thousand minion kills now no one's gotten one god sword shard there's something wrong with this yeah and uh, lo and behold they forgot one variable in the in the code <laughs> so yeah i mean mistakes happen yeah you know, it, it's it's a lot of stuff to go over i get it oh yeah 100 but now i'm very uh skeptical <laughs> just extremely skeptical with every update in fact uh when like the combat achievements came out for some reason i had to i went like five times the rate of a totem piece in the catacombs oh no first my first thought was something's something's wrong with this because like you know <laughs> i'm just so skeptical now with everything so mm-hmm. yeah um yeah I'm, I'm really excited for it and then uh apparently so the 2000 something qualifying players uh i believe it's still 2000 something right 
Yeah, it's like 2056 or so. Yeah, so they get sent to... Is it true that they just start with the 1v1s, like, right off the bat? There's no mass? Yeah, so so this one's going to be like a... What is it? Is it a one-month-long Deadman mode, I think? Uh, it's either one or two months. I forget what it is. But um, how it's going to work this time, I believe, is it's going to be skill total-based. So there actually is appeal in not just training your combat stats during this, but you have to be in the top, you know, 2,000, say, ranks overall. Yeah. And whenever they kick off the, the quote-unquote final hour, it's not going to be how it used to be where, like, there's there's these two zones, you know, Anna Carl and, I don't know, Valador. Uh, instead, everyone's just going to get into these 1v1s, which, you know, a lot of people asked for a long time ago. And I think some people are unhappy with it. Obviously, the clans love to have that multi-factor. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like that, you you know, say Anna Carl was always a problem. There'd be, you know, the clan kind of rotating battle uh, around the edge and then the, the, there was always like this group of like 10 motherfuckers in, you know, excuse me you're 10 good. people it's a Sebe cast. <laughs> <laughs> 10 motherfuckers in the middle of anacara like hiding in the little you know thing in the middle and everyone's like 126 combat in that stack and no one would touch them the whole time right you could yep. just kind of afk in there if, if you were in that inner circle i tried to stand in there once and they all found me out pretty quick, <laughs> but, uh, it didn't, didn't really work out i think they were all lit or something but no but, i will yeah, say uh, i will I, say the I, one I like I think the one v ones at the beginning actually would almost make me want to do Dead Man because I felt like there was just so much luck toward the end. It was yeah. like you just got to make it through this horrible, just mass murder of everybody. You know, if, as long as you can just get your just be really lucky throughout there and just not get seen. You can, hey, and you, you know, this time, I mean, it, with that thing, how it used to be with those areas, if you weren't clanned up, you're you're pretty much screwed, right? Yeah, like. uh if you were a solo player, I mean, you can pretty much write it off. You're going to get ticked off when, you know, you, you walk into a clan, you're going to get one hit. If you finally make it into the final area, uh, unless you can pick up a team cape and kind of identify who to move with, you're probably going to get one hit uh, or, you know, singled out. I think one time that I rolled solo, I, I was able to make it through and I completely just got lucky the whole time, like picking up Bruce before other people did. But so I think this is going to be a, an interesting way to try it. It may not be the answer long term, but it's different. And, you know, it'll give us an idea of if it's good or bad. Yeah. Kind of have to experience it first to, to have a, a good idea of that anyways. So I'm not against it. I like I like that they're trying it this way. Yeah, I definitely like all the changes. I think the sigil idea is great. I think the whole league thing that they've done is just totally genius idea. And I think it's yeah. just going to expand on future dead man modes as well it's kind of like... i think there's one thing that i don't like about what they're doing this time yeah and uh that's the single plus combat zone everywhere okay wait it, so but there is still multi areas correct there's still multi areas but they're, they're taking out some of those multi areas so think like anywhere in the wilderness is still going to be multi right Where, okay. wherever there, it was before but like barb village is not going to be multi-combat anymore for this it's going to be singles plus and this one is actually a good thing right so this way, you know, people that start late, if they go into Bar Village, they might have to tank one PKer, but they're not going to have to tank 30 people on them with fire strikes immediately for their 10k, right? Yep. Uh, major quest areas, like like uh, Lunar Isle, is going to be single plus instead of multi. So you can maybe get that quest done without, you know, completely getting smacked the first time, you know, you get on there. Yeah. Um, but the downside is everywhere in the game is single plus. So if you're training Slayer on a hill giant and a PK rolls up, doesn't matter if that guy is, you know, the maxed out level for your combat bracket. Even if you're in combat with that hill giant, he can tag you off immediately because PvP combat is going to take priority over yep. 
you know, monsters. So before, and really what I, what I kind of don't like here is the, the regular kind of like average player, they're going to be the guys that are completely at a disadvantage here because there is no getting away now. You know, you can't run into a group of monsters and hope that the PKer gets tagged off now. Uh, you can't hope to get a teleport out before a PKer gets on you. Basically, if someone gets on you and they outgear you, unless you can get to a bank in time, you're screwed. And I think, though I, I like the idea behind it, it's supposed to increase activity and, you know, it's a PvP game mode and it's going to cause more, you know, more of that PvP activity and PKers should love it. It's going to kill off a game mode in the first few days, I think. Hmm, uh, interesting. I, I think I think that's the downside is it's it's just going to cause too many people to just completely lose interest because they're going to feel like they have no hope. So, so what about... Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, I'm just trying to think... Uh... Like if you did have freezes, you can just freeze the guy, walk under him, correct? And then I, I don't know what like you, the whole teleport timer and stuff is, but yeah. So so if you can catch a freeze on someone and get out of line of sight, either stepping under or going around a corner, you can definitely still get out. Uh, so so it's not like you're zero hope, but I, I just kind of think like most of the people that quit immediately after the first death are are average players. Yeah, you know? just the the casual guys that just want to you know kind of chill, have a good time, maybe farm a little bit. Uh, swapping is going to be in the game, so there's going to be people that do that. Um, but yeah, if you know what you're doing, you can still definitely get away from people. Yeah. So I'm trying to think as somebody that wants, let's just say there's somebody that wants to merch the whole way and just make potions or whatever. It's like, I know you're usually in a save area for that, but would the meta just be to get to like 35 combat and then just never train up against it? Just so, like, in case you have to go somewhere, you're like in the lowest bracket possible, but you're also the highest. Like, I wonder if there's yeah, going to be new metas like that. There, there's definitely going to be new metas like that. I think the the lowest chance to die to a PKer is definitely going to be in that lower combat bracket. So that's what you want to do. Yeah. I think something that's different now is if that's what you want to do, you have to rely on the GE. Because you're not going to be able to... Like, say, all the Barrows equipment, all the, the Raids equipment, a lot of that stuff, that's going to be traded in the highest combat bracket world. But that stuff can only go down to the lower combat bracket worlds through the GE. Oh, so yeah. you can't sit in you can't sit in you know the GE on you know in Drock and, and hope to just trade someone that if you have you know an alt account that gets you know a whip drop and you want to give it to your main or something like that True. you either sell it through the GE yeah. you know or, or whatever else like that's the only way to get it over yeah or what you do is you'd have like a chain you'd have to keep making these chains of like somebody that's just about to get to the next bracket and you trade it yeah exactly and, and carry it over chain. right you're, you're actually you might see that and I wonder if people will get banned for muling or something but you might see clans that are like you know trying to transfer gear from one bracket to another by yeah. just trading one guy everything that they have <laughs> and then that guy goes and levels up imagine that guy gets smacked down during that time that'd be hilarious oh god yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. You just find somebody that's like right on the verge of like moving to the next bracket. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, I think the then the tournament should be at the end of September, correct? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. That'll cool. be fun. It'll be different at least, and that's that's kind of what I'm looking forward to with this one. Is it's just not something that we've experienced. So let's talk about some leagues. You've played both leagues, I assume. I have. Yes, I love League. Which uh, one was better, in your opinion? Oh, Trailblazer, hands down. It, it doesn't even compare. I mean, Twisted League was good, but they're just... To me, there didn't seem to be enough content. Uh, obviously, you know, just having Zaya, it's, it's a little, you know, condensed. And I think, I think I would have enjoyed it more, but I actually just, you know, I've learned a lot about the game since, since Twisted League ended. It wasn't until after Twisted League that I started learning things like solo chambers and stuff like that. So I, I hardly even attempted it, right? Mm, yeah. 
So I, maybe maybe that had to do with you know somewhat with why I didn't enjoy it as much. It's just I I just wasn't as good and I wasn't as willing to step out of my comfort zone. Um, maybe if I could solo chambers back then, I would have liked it a lot more because that that was a lot of that. You know, in yeah. that was the only in-game content basically that and what Seracnus. Yeah. So uh, pretty much. You know, it was just it was just too condensed. It was cool though. Yeah. But Trailblazer League was was a blast. I th- I made three different accounts for Trailblazer League. You know, just to try different things, different yeah. areas and whatnot. I mean, you would combat styles. You would basically get a maxed out account within a couple weeks. I mean, just yeah. gear wise and everything. So that, that's cool. Did you ever get yeah. to try the one tick blowpipe? I did. Yeah. So my second account that I made was a was a ranger, and I I got the blowpipe. I, I started running those like you know I don't know twenty thirty seconds order kills. That was a lot of fun, <laughs> but I didn't do too much with it. I think I stopped that account at tier three, tier four, I guess uh, for the. Uh, you know, for the the combat stuff. So I never really got that that last you know tier five uh, relic or whatever, where I could like you know attack everything with burst or heal up or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think on that account, I just uh, I got the blowpipe and then I just started AFKing fire capes. Like literally, go into a fire cape on mobile, <laughs> go into to the fight caves on mobile, and I wouldn't touch the account one more time after that. <laughs> Uh, and it was like a 28 30 minute fire cape where you just auto retaliate the whole thing and hope that jad doesn't kill you and i mean it was like an 80 percent success rate so it's pretty easy jesus yeah it was fun and then i tried a major account as well uh mortania based and you know that was fun but i really only did that to get enough points for a for a twisted horns on my hardcore so i can have that in the main game yeah interesting i remember people were like rushing nightmare and this is back in the time where i was like camped at nightmare for months and months just trying to get an inquisitiveness i'm like what is the fun in doing a new game mode in the <laughs> rushing nightmare like the worst content that was my yeah, least yeah. favorite piece of content now it's the best because fasani's is out it's so much fun but yeah, how do you like that i haven't tried it yet fasani's is incredible i have to give a huge shout out to mod arcane uh yeah. i think he was the main uh developer in that but it is just so well done it's so little rng to it and yep. everything just feels like you're in control. It's just That's really, good. really nice. Yeah, and the, the, you know, nightmare is really something that I just haven't really given too much interest in, just because it's like it's like corp on a crack. You know, it's like you know, it's a difficult corp fight yep. where the drop rates are still similar to the sigils, right? Yep. So it's like insane to get a drop. I, I hear Fasani kind of fixes that a little bit. Yeah, Fasani's but, um, is really nice, and you actually get like some decent drops. It used to like your best drop you'd ever get is like five sand fuse now it's you get like six snapdragon seeds eight snapdragon seeds you get 500 blood runes and stuff like that so you still, still get like the i don't know 12 bass drops or something that just really pisses you <laughs> off after spending yeah. so long yeah no i've nine months straight i spent over 1100 hours doing nightmare solos and the majority oh was one tick flicking them so oh wow that was definitely yeah the comparison is there is no comparison it's just completely different and it's crazy how you could make a fight completely different, even though it's the exact same sort of mechanics. But yeah. it's how do you how do you feel about that though? Like kind of the the switch to just making hard modes with with current content rather than bringing new things. Uh honestly, it just depends because, like, I know a lot of people are like raids three, raids three. You know, I, I don't care about anything else besides just give us raids three. I really do kind of like the hard mode aspect, and I think it's healthy just for the actual business of, like, Jagex, like, making these hard modes and easy modes. Um, 
Fasani's was super well done, so I can't really say I'm against hard modes, but I will say, like, hard mode TOB didn't seem hard enough. It didn't seem different enough, I guess. Mm. So it just feels like, uh, it's it's just like this muddy It's just another water. grind to hit. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. So, it, But Fasani's feels good. And in fact, they never even needed to have a hard mode Nightmare. Uh, I think if Fasani's was always what Nightmare was and you could do that in like a five-man, I think that just would have yeah. been perfect. Mm. That's um, interesting. Yeah. I know I flipped the podcast. I'm interviewing you now. Yeah, I know that this is what I love. This, <laughs> this is the discussion I like is when there's questions going for, for both of us, because, uh, I mean, you're arguably more experienced in the game. Like you, okay. This is a, this is the question I wanted to ask you. You've played a UIM okay. before. I don't get, I, I don't get many UIMs on the cast. So it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, yeah, like just talk about it. Like you've played one, I've never played one, and I hate to judge things before I play it. Okay, so I I played early Ultimate Iron Man, okay. uh, so I I can't really compare it to how it is nowadays because the way I, I've heard about it nowadays is playing an Ultimate now is easier than playing a regular Iron Man on Iron Man release <laughs> uh, because Probably. the game's changed so much since then. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, and that makes a lot of sense. But the way that I like to put it is Ultimate Iron Man is kind of like you, you need to be somewhat masochistic to play ultimate iron man you have to enjoy pain in some form to to like that game mode because it's punishing right yep um i i started ultimate iron man the day that they released the official modes uh which was like fall of 2014 um and i only made an ultimate iron man then instead of a regular iron man because i already had an unofficial iron man you remember the iron foe account that's yeah. like you know the, the one that kind of that i played back then I already had an, an Iron Man quote unquote account up to like 1750 total. So I, I wasn't very enthused to start that grind over at that time. I wish I did looking back on it now. But um, so instead of that, I tried Ultimate Iron Man and uh, I played it for, yeah, I don't know, four or five months straight and enjoyed it. It was a, it was a challenge. I had to kind of think of things in a different manner, kind of plan things out. If I was going to do a quest and I needed to go in Trana and there was no, and meta. it was difficult, right? There was no meta, um, you know, we kind of figured out the get a looting bag thing, but, you know, I, I don't even think there was something like Zora back then to die to to bank all your stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so it was just, it was just harder. And, you know, people hadn't figured out all the most efficient ways to do things. So I think I ended up quitting that account and going back to an Ironman. Like, I actually stopped playing that account to make a new official Ironman, brand new. Uh, and it's not because I didn't enjoy it. It's just... Things were too tedious for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I get very uninterested in a grind as is, even on an Ironman account, uh, after after so long. And taking that and kind of handcuffing yourself and hopping on one leg while doing it all was just too much for me. Yeah. So not, nothing but respect to the Ultimate Ironmans I can do. I mean, there are some ridiculous accounts out there. Like, absolutely. I, I don't know. If you, there's this one guy that, like, locked this up himself in a swamp and like did everything that i do but like you know jump the bridge to get there uh so people do some really ridiculous stuff with it and it blows my mind it's it's amazing but um it's just it's just not for me nowadays i i think the craziest uh i don't know if you've ever watched an ultimate low stream that man hmm. has the craziest ultimate iron man just insane like he's got multiple third age pieces he fully completed nightmare like oh wow and he will do these things where he'll stack like a thousand hard caskets 
on a UIM. Uh-huh. You're kidding. Like, I'm like, how do you even have the patience uh, for that? Because whenever he gets a wildy step, he has to like go suicide. Yeah. Uh, you my... know, I think I think clues are what made me quit my ultimate Ironman. <laughs> yeah, that's, I that's spent, horrible. I, I spent I think three weeks straight going for Ranger boots on that account. Oh, and you didn't and have stash be- units either. It was before you? stashes. Yeah. Oh god. So, yeah. So. And it was before Eclectic Implinks as well. Oh, God. So no. I, I gained, I think it was 4.5 <laughs> million attack XP whipping guards in Varrock and Falador oh. for clues. And you could keep, like, I don't know, I think I kept, like, like 15 or so of the items on me because I needed teleports and everything else. And then you'd get this clue that's like, oh, you need to go get a steel kite. Well, shit, I got to drop this gnome top now and I got to fly down to Narda to, like, <laughs> or whatever, you know, I did. But it's just, like, constant. It just pissed you off every clue you got. I think it took me, like, 511 clues to get my ring. Oh, God, you go dry. That, that was, well. like, the, I was, like, you know, I'm just done with this. Like, I, I just don't want to, this isn't fun for me anymore. This is just pain. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, I've never but... felt the desire to go play one. But I know... I definitely have gone to that point in my life where I really shouldn't judge things until I just try it. But yeah. that's just something I just I just know I'm not going to like, you know. But it's I painful. still need to try it because it's then painful. I can at least say it. Damn. Well, yeah. Respect to those guys. Like, that's, that's a yeah, ridiculous grind. That's just a whole nother level. Absolutely. All right. We got a topic from uh, Twilks. He asks, best way to deal with burnout and bad dry streaks. Hmm. So what is uh, what what is like your worst dry streaks? I want to hear it because I I think I can already oh. guess, but <laughs> I want to hear some of your worst dry streaks and what you did to push through. I, I think I've got two that I can that like directly come to mind. One of them, the first of the two, uh, is what cost me my 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 first hardcore status, and that was uh, going for a sigil. Um, so that took me I don't know four four or five hundred hours and ended up ended up dying on that one but i was on that grind for months and really like well and then obviously the other one you're thinking of is the pig agent crystal yep. uh 3069 kc i think it was or 3169 <laughs> so... kc for for a peg crystal so about 6x of the drop rate so stupid uh yeah so i mean they can be painful but you know, either burnout if you're if you're skilling or or dry streaks on a specific piece of content. I think just the best way to push through it is just changing it up a little bit. You do the same thing for too long, and and you're gonna get annoyed with it, and you're gonna log off the game, and you're not gonna play anymore. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to work on on this game. You know, there's skilling, there's PVM, there's there's all kinds of stuff you could do. Just take your mind away from it a little bit. Take a break for a few days or or even an hour. Go do something else. And uh, that, that seems to help. People always... I, I get this question a lot on my stream. And every single time it happens, I'm like, well, what, what grind are you working on right now? And for some reason, the answer is always either mining or runecrafting. <laughs> like, yeah, you've been runecrafting for two weeks straight. No shit, you're burnt out. Get away from it. Go do something else for a little bit, you know? No one's going to like that. I mean, there's there's a select few. You might be one of them. But there's a select few that can handle that, like no problem. Yeah. But most people just can't handle, you know, doing the same monotonous activity nonstop. And you know, sadly, that's kind of what the game's built on. But uh, yeah, you need to get away from it. You gotta gotta go, go go switch it up a little bit. I will say, I am not a robot. Some people think uh, because of like the nightmare. I first of I, all, I was about to say, hang on, how, how many hours? Eleven hundred hours? You said no, I you're do, not a robot. I seriously do not understand how I did that, especially because <laughs> as soon as combat achievements came out, I was required to do one solo nightmare, and that was like hell 
and I I knew <laughs> I like I could see the light at the end of a tunnel. Just I had to do one kill, and it was horrible. And I was like, mm. how did I do this like three thousand times? I just seriously couldn't even like understand how I did that. But there's just something where it's like you want something so bad, and yeah. like you started getting numb to it, I guess. So um, yeah, uh, but I'm definitely. There's just grinds that I can do for long periods, and there's some I just like I, I can't do this. I, I feel like it all comes to why am I doing this? If the why isn't strong enough, like if I truly just, mm-hmm. I don't know. If it's not if it's not important enough, I just will burn out way easier. Yeah, I know. I see you get those questions a lot. Like I'm working on this, I'm burnt out. On this. <laughs> yeah. so. it, it's always runecrafting, man. <laughs> I don't blame them. I hate it too. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about day alt though? Curious. Uh, day alt, I actually don't mind it. I actually that's how I learned how to one point five tick stuff. I felt so efficient when I when I got that. Yeah, um, it's it's cool to one t- one point five tick, and then you realize, oh god, like this, so much easier just to. You know, honestly, using it is not like it doesn't matter what I'm doing it on. If I'm ZMI, like normally I hate ZMI, yeah. but if I ZMI with day alt, it's it's like a breeze because the XP rate is so damn high. Oh yeah. So. Actually, I really like it. And, you know, if you're just going to AFK something, it's not the wor- it's not really an, a very efficient AFK. But if you're going to AFK something and you don't want to click much, I mean... Oh, Dale's insane like a clean, for that. Yeah, yeah, like a clean 60-second AFK <laughs> every single click. So that's pretty solid. Yeah. I don't mind it. I love it. I, I think it's a great update. And it, it's, like, perfect because, yeah, like what you say, ZMI and any other, other like, traditional runecrafting mm-hmm. method is just feels so much better like it doesn't feel that bad anymore so i keep telling myself i'm gonna afk my iron man to bank 99 runecrafting through through day out while, while i play my hardcore but i keep not doing it <laughs> it's so i wonder is there a rune light plugin yet that shows you the timers of like when there's when they're like there, there's not complete? a plugin for the timer but what you can do is you can i think you can object marker the uh, the active node and uh, if you do that, when it switches, you'll see, you know, I, I make mine yellow. You'll see this big, big ass yellow waving line in the mm. background. So you'll know that it's not on yours anymore. I don't think there's a timer, though. Someone should make that plug in. Is it exactly 60 seconds? Is, like, is it 100 I, I, I think it's about a minute. I, okay. I'm not sure. It's I would love to see there. if it's, it's exactly, exactly static. Yeah. I, I doubt it. Timer. Usually they don't do things that are that are right on point like that just yeah. because it makes automation too easy. But then again, there's... Like machine learning shit that kills Bandos nowadays. You're not going to beat automation. (laughs) Apparently, the automated PVPers are better than us nowadays. Dude, I saw a clip of West Ham getting his ass whooped by this guy that was just flying. Not only are the bots like perfect one tick uh, switching all their gear, but they're running around you. Like, just. Oh, you're kidding me. Like, and I'm talking like efficiently running around you where they're always like two tiles away from you just ready to whip you at any point like it's crazy it's so nuts it's yeah, disgusting I, I, people ask why pvp is dying and it's <laughs> it's because the robots took over man they're you know it's just they're I, I can't beat a i can't beat an npc i can't beat i can't beat this ai bot that's gonna out pvp me so like... i'm actually scared uh this might just be my <laughs> own uh fear i don't know if it'll actually happen but i'm scared in dead man mode there might be some bots going on oh i'm sure dude. hopefully I'm not sure. in the the turn. Hopefully they would catch them. I mean, I assume they would, but yeah. I don't know. That shit is Maybe. terrifying. West Ham was like, those things are demonic. That was his, yeah. his, his word for demonic. 
But, people um, um people keep you know asking me how to get like the room pouch or whatever on hardcore and i tell them just go lms and they're like oh i can't get a kill like you know like, all you got to do is kill a bot and then i realize that there's <laughs> these like you know two two thousand iq bots out there i don't blame them now i'm like why why they don't want to do that yeah no uh, yeah and uh i haven't really done much lms since the new map that new map i'm so confused i don't know where i am like genuinely i haven't, I haven't I, even tried it yet but then again i am I am pretty terrible at LMS, I think. You basically just have to, like, sweat as hard as possible, and then you get flamed for sweating, but, like, you know, it's either sweat or die. It's PvP. You get flamed if you win, you get flamed if you lose. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. The good thing about PvP, though, is you're never bad at it, because if you're bad, you just say lag. (laughs) Or you're bad, you just say, yeah, just just call him a nerd. Like, wow, try hard. Exactly. Sweating. Exactly. Uh, okay. I want to hear a, I want to hear your thoughts on this kind of going back to, I guess, streaming and stuff. Whale asks any tips for longevity on Twitch? That's a mm. great question. Uh, I yeah, I actually remember laughing first. about this one. Cause the guy that responded to him said that he just needs to go live every <laughs> once in a while. I wonder if he knows him and this guy just never goes live. Like streams like once every blue moon, uh, longevity on Twitch. Um, it, it's a it's a hard question because nowadays with with old school Twitch being so developed, uh, and this is specifically talking about old school. I can't really speak for other categories. Yeah, um, it's it's hard to break through. Uh, people will go live and you know really sit at the at the bottom of the category for a long time, and it doesn't matter if they're live every single day. If you're not doing something that's bringing people to your channel, you know it, it's hard to break through that kind of. I guess barrier once you get past like that 10 viewer barrier or something, you kind of get into the the higher areas. It's, it helps discoverability, right? Yeah. Um, I think that growth on Twitch should be organic. Um, I'm not someone that has ever cared for giveaway growth or anything like that. Yep. Um, so I think that you need to be doing something that is both engaging with your community so you can actually build a community and entertaining and it doesn't necessarily you don't have to be a god at the game i'm not very good at runescape there's you know a thousand people ten thousand people that are better than me uh, but it helps to be interactive with your community to a point where you're entertaining enough that people want to stay around you know yeah. i may not be doing the most high skilled stuff but if if i can you know continue a conversation and keep people engaged maybe people would want to watch my stream so it's really just about finding out one what you're interested in and what you're good at and seeing how you can you know, build off of that. Um, as far as, you know, longevity goes, this is really just about discipline and, and routine. If you can't get yourself to, you know, pull up and muster the energy to stream, you know, consistently. And I, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to give the answer that most people give. Most people give, you know, the answer of, oh, you just need to stay consistent. You just need to stream every single day. You just need to never leave or whatever else. You don't have to do that. There are streamers that stream three times a week, you know, for three hours a day, and they're they're wildly successful. I mean, look at Austin's show on Twitch. He barely streams. He streams a few times a month yep. now, and he's still going to pull insane viewers because he has that that brand and he has that established community and he has his thing. Yep. So if you can make your thing, you know, Think of Wooks. Wooks isn't consistent. Yeah. If he goes live today, he's going to be the top of the category. Yeah. You, you just got to you got to be good at what you do. Absolutely. Yeah, I always hear the consistent. Th- see, I think consistency is key, but it has to be like you know, Wooks is going to go live when a new yeah. 
PVM update is. That's yeah. that's his consistency. And yeah. like, and, no. I mean, it, it certainly doesn't help. Like, I stream a very similar schedule every single week because that's that's what times work for me. And since that's what times work for me, that's what I that's what I stick to. Yep. But people know when I go live, they know when I get offline, they know what to expect. So that helps, right? If if you know, I went and asked one of my average viewers right now, you know, should I be live at this time? They'd tell you, absolutely. Why is he not live right now? <laughs> um, so you know, it, it helps when you have an audience that knows what to expect out of your stream. Um, but it's hard to bring in new people that don't already know that pattern. Yeah, if you're not consistent. So I, I, I get where consistency definitely does help. I really love how to, I think Twitch's algorithms are really good for the recommended streamers. Hmm. Um, I always see like at the bottom of my follow list, I'll see like five or 10 recommended channels and they always seem to be pretty relevant. So I do feel bad though. Like you say, there, there's always a form of luck involved where there's just people that just sit at the bottom of the category and never get that like recommendation. Uh, yeah, you know, and that's just sad. Like, that's just like, damn, like you just kind of got unlucky, but there's always ways to kind of get yourself out there and stuff. Like it's not just all on Twitch to make its algorithm work for you, but I will say right. their algorithm has definitely let me find a lot of new streamers that I just really enjoy watching. So yeah. I think Twitch is doing a good job on that part. Okay. And it might just back to that go, go real quick before I move on. It, it might just take doing something that's out of your comfort zone or something. That's just going to be kind of, you know, just something to wow people every now and again. Yeah. You know, yeah like there's streamers that i see all the time that and i'm not saying you have to go do charity streams or anything like that but they'll do a stream that's like you know a, a subathon or a 24 hour or something something big that they don't usually do yep. and i'll I'll usually catch those whereas before that i may not have ever heard of them before you know yep. now i'm interested in this person and what they're into because i'm actually seeing them now yep so no absolutely just something small uh, I think because I was one of those streamers that I just felt like my first three months of streaming, I wasn't, yeah, I was getting a little teeny bit of growth, but I I was barely ever getting past that 10 viewer range. And I thought 10 viewers, like if I could get 10 viewers, that would be amazing. I was um, my first 10 viewers. I feel you. Yeah, like back, back in those days, you could just open up a lot of tabs. So literally when I started <laughs> streaming, I opened up 10 tabs on my own stream to see if it would work. And it did. It doesn't work anymore. You can't do that. Sorry. I didn't give you a, a cheat code or anything, but my dad, definitely would, my, first my dad viewers. would come on my dad. Shout out my dad. Like imagine that just, my dad's watching my stream is I can't imagine how uncomfortable that was for him for me to stream to like two other people. <laughs> it was probably uncomfortable for you. Oh yeah. It was, it was way worse for me, but you know, I understood he was trying to do it. He would never really watch. He would just always have it open. Yeah. But uh... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. 
No, I will just say, like, as soon as you do something that's kind of out of the ordinary that not other people are doing, you do get that, like, big spike of exposure. Yeah, it could help. So, Yeah, if I had uh, mentioned anything for, like, just longevity, in, in my opinion, is, like, you have to have a good routine. I am, I do not really practice exactly what I preach, but I will say I've never burnt out of streaming. And yeah. I think part of that is I do take occasional breaks. I'm not the most dedicated, like, strict to the schedule as possible, but, like, I give myself enough, like, rest days where it's like i've never really burnt out i've never been like okay i need to take like a month off you know mm-hmm. so that works for me that's balance is important yeah. you gotta have that yep and some streamers are built different like curtis i even see you just pulling out eight to nine hour streams most Curtis days. is unbeatable man he is that insane dude. curtis will stream every single day and never never think twice about it he is actually insane yeah and I know Bodie's one year marathon. Yeah. Like I've I've done a month. The month is the most I've ever streamed every single day. That was <laughs> so hard. So anyway, um, so I want to kind of get into raids three. We'll kind of get into raids three. Uh, Jinzo Rain is asking initial thoughts on raids three rewards. He also is asking your favorite grind on the hardcore as well. So I guess we'll cover that favorite. first. What was your favorite grind on the hardcore? Um Yeah, that's tough. Uh I, I think I think Corp is always my favorite thing to do. I've done it on three hardcores now. Uh and I guess one of my favorite achievements was actually completing the sigil, completing the spirit shield on my last hardcore. Yeah. Um got the got the arcane on that. So that you know, that felt good. Uh but really like I don't know my, my favorite grinds they they they've changed a lot over the years and it just has to do with what i'm interested in at the time like right now i'm super enjoying the corrupted gauntlet grind because it's hard as hell yeah um that but i've tier three armor by yeah. the way that's just crazy that's it's nuts <laughs> but it's it's much more doable than you might think i i thought i was i thought it was going to take me a month to learn and I, I was getting it down on my first day so like it's okay. it's definitely doable you just have to move constantly are you but just like fried? Like is your brain fried by the end? Though I feel like that's just so I, much. I have energy. to stop after about after about six hours of doing it. I have to take a break, and I, I really like go down to doing about half as many per hour at at that point because it does <laughs> like it's like it's like eleven minutes straight of just constant focus, and like uh. I can I can I finally gotten to the point where I can like read the chat while I do it and whatever else. But even when I do that, my success rate goes down. Yeah. I can't finish my prep in time, you know. So yeah, it, it takes a lot of you know. It, it's a mental grind. But um, yeah, I think my favorite grind ever on a hardcore was probably the uh, the initial sigil grind. Um, but that one just that one hit me hard because I I died on my first account doing that after I, after months I died. Seeing that and, was heartbreaking. By the way, uh, I, I just, it, your face <laughs> it hurt, and it was completely my fault. Uh, I was on the west coast at the time instead of yep. you know my my typical Texas stream. And I was playing on a UK server and it didn't click to me, you know, like I, my ping was actually okay in Texas on that, but being on the West coast, I was playing on 200 ping. Yeah. So like I looked back at that clip and I think, and I, I could be wrong, but I think I clicked the teleport on time, but because of that 200 ping, it just does not register. Yeah. So maybe if I was on a West coast world, I could have been saved, but it was just heartbreaking. It actually, that death on, on focus, my first hardcore, that, that death, took me out of the game for like a month where like I would go live 
but I had no motivation to do anything. Damn. You know, I, I tried building a new hardcore. I stopped doing that. I went back to my Iron Man. I stopped doing that. And I just, it, it's so weird how that drained the joy out of like what I was doing on the game. It yeah. sucks. And people that have played hardcore enough and, you know, maybe built up a decent hardcore and died on it. They might know the feeling that I'm talking about, but it just, it pulls you down. It, it actually drags you down so much. It sucks yeah. to die on a hardcore. So I, I feel for like all the, all the guys that just go to like a DC, like so far into the game, you got thousands of hours into the game and then you die to a stupid DC to some boss that you would never die at period. It like that. I can't imagine what that feels like. Cause I haven't, I haven't gone out that way yet. Yeah. But this, this account, it died so early on. I had two hardcores. But this was uh, my second one, and this one died to a DC at, in the in the catacombs. I was just one tick uh, flicking black demons. It just died. I'm just. I know what you. I I don't exactly know how you felt, but I can see a little bit where it's like you just die and you're just burnt. <laughs> you're just yeah. like, what yeah, do I do instantly. now? Like this is just depressing. Yeah. It sucks, man. <laughs> you see the that gray is... helmet, and you're like. Yeah, like this is not the same. You get so attached to just a few pixels. It's crazy how that works, you know. I'm actually just curious. What do you think of the hardcore Iron Man culture of Twitch, especially where I feel like a lot of new streamers almost feel obligated to have that hardcore because it just it's more it you, you get different. more exposure. I feel like just on Twitch. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to do what people are interested in. Because, like, you could be the best person in the game at, you know, killing Nightmare on an Iron Man, for instance. But if it's not exciting, people aren't going to want to watch it. So yeah. Twitch is kind of a balance of... I, I, Co Carnage, uh, really... I don't know if you know Co, no. but really large streamer, really active variety streamer. Uh, one of the best out there. Uh, hands down, like, one of the smartest streamers I've ever watched. Uh, but he, he put it a really good way one time, and I, I, I'm going to get this wrong, but... He uh, he explained it that there there are several aspects to to streaming and being successful on Twitch or or any platform, uh, and that is you have to do one what you are interested in, uh, two what your community is interested in, and three what you are good at, and you you got to kind of have a balance of those three. You know, I can I can be interested in PvP and my community can be you know interested in pvp but if i'm shit at pvp that's not really going to make a good stream right mm. um but like you know iron man mode or hardcore iron man mode i have a huge interest in my community has a huge interest in and i'm good at it yep. so like getting that balance just right if you can hit all those aspects you know you can you can do well and i, I actually might be getting one of those wrong i think i think one of his you know rather than what what you're good at i think what he actually said was what is healthy for the stream Mm. Uh, and that's kind of how he chooses which games to pick when he's doing variety streams. You know, you might want to, like, I might want to take a break and go stream, I don't know, Hello, Hello Kitty Island Adventure for a while, but if that's not good for the health of my stream and no one's going to want to watch that, that's not a good thing for me to do. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that is important when it comes to streaming or even just, you know, what you want to play if you're not a streamer, if you just want to play a game for some reason, you know, what's, what's going to make you happy, you know? Yeah, it's good to kind of consider things in that light more than just what specific content you're doing. Why are you doing that content? Is your community interested in it? Are you interested in it? You know, absolutely. And I, uh, I don't know how you feel. So there's a there's a couple Twitter topics that was uh, one of them. I'm trying to find it. It was kind of talking about. Let me just see if I can. Um, 
Oh, so like there's two sort of topics. One is like if you had to choose a new game to stream on Twitch, what game would it be? Hmm. And and sort of uh, I, I I swear it was on this thread. I can't find it right now, but it was something along the lines of uh, like what is it like to be a streamer that's known for RS and kind of uh, being yeah. almost stuck yeah, to I saw that. that. Uh, so if I if I had to find a new game to stream, I think the game that I'm most interested outside of RuneScape is WoW. I have about I don't know seven or eight years of experience in WoW. Um, I used to used to raid very heavily back in the day. Used to PvP very heavily in Arena. Uh, love the game. Uh, in fact, I, I you know played a BC Classic just recently. Yep. Uh, took a Hunter up to seventy. Uh, played that for a while. I had to stop playing it because I I actually stopped doing just like i, I streamed I, it a little bit i think i saw a tweet on this go ahead yeah I, I i streamed it a little bit but i had to stop doing it because um like I, I canceled my membership because i stopped doing things around the house like i would stream runescape for like for like eight or nine hours and then i'd go uh you know my, my wife would go to work and i'd i'd play wow for like the rest of the day and i stopped like mowing the yard and i stopped like cleaning up in the kitchen and whatnot i was like shit i actually have to stop playing this game because i'm putting all my extra time into it and yeah. you know i i'm big into like you know balance right i need my life to be balanced i have to spend enough time you know focused on my stream and you know kind of having a little bit of time for myself but also i gotta i gotta take care of business right yep um so like my life was falling a little bit out of balance so i actually ended up canceling my wow membership because of that but you know i, I played I, I started playing wow back in the original vanilla so I, I played it all the way through to uh i think uh pandaria and uh kind of on and off but i i played bc and and uh, Lich King very heavily. So that would be my next go-to if I didn't stream RuneScape. But I think even more than that, I'm, I just have a huge interest in survival games. Uh, Ark Survival Evolved, uh, Valheim, you know, anything like oh, that yeah. really always catches my interest. So like I, I consider trying out New World. I, I played it in the alpha way, way, way back, like a year and a half ago before people kind of got their hands on it. Uh, so I got to experience it a little bit during that. But I'm kind of kind of upset i had a beta key for this last one i didn't actually check it out so I, I should have done that but i was kind of worried about falling into that same you know kind of wow yeah you know, thing that, that i just went through back in like june so so there's like I stayed away from this one. there's like two forms of streamers i, I kind of see obviously there's uh, there, there's more but um i'm thinking there's like a streamer that is variety based where they can't ever just settle on a game and that can mm -hmm. honestly be like less security but then there's like the runescapers and stuff or other gamers that have their game but then if they get burnt of that then it's like uh like this is how i'm like this is how i'm meant to stream so what do you think would yeah. what do you think is better in your eyes to almost like have that security game where it's like i can do this and i can feel secure with streaming and everything like that or do you feel like being a variety streamer being able yeah, to I, play all these games but like never having that secure game like what do you think would, would be better i don't i don't think I don't think I see it that way. I think you have to kind of do what works for you. Like some people work very well doing variety games. Some people are just not going to, they're not going to be able to, to sit and stream only one game for years and years and years straight. Right. Yeah. So it kind of, you gotta, you gotta, if you're looking to get into that, you have to do what works for you. Um, I think it's hard. It's harder for a runescaper specifically, I believe to break out of the runescape category. Sick nerd did it, you know, ice Poseidon did it. Hamlin's did it. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew that he uh, TSM Hamlins. He uh, he started as an old school RuneScape streamer. Uh, he used to stream to like forty people on on old school Twitch before he went and started playing Fortnite and then you know became pro. Wow. Um, 
it can be done, but it's extremely hard to break out from old school to somewhere else. And that's just because from what I've found over the years, people that play old school are just interested in old school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can go stream WoW and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stream to 200, maybe 300 people if I'm lucky. And that's, you know, maybe 20% of what I would typically see in my stream because those there is more of a crossover between old school and WoW. People just, you know, if you're playing old school, you just want to watch old school for some reason. That's just how this community is. So it's it's really hard to break out of that and kind of get comfortable doing something else. You'd have to put a lot of work in and a lot of you know time into actually trying other things and getting enough of a community that's interested in that. And then you can kind of build off of there and you'll, you'll grab new people as you go. But yeah, it is old school is a very unique category on Twitch. Yeah, very unique. All right, let's let's cover Jinzo's first topic. He was talking about uh, initial thoughts on raids three rewards. So the new okay. wand. Uh, I'm already spacing the other ones. What were the other ones? Yeah, so so the there's kind of like a Darok type range set. Oh yeah, where you're uh, camped yeah, at like 40 HP be, or something. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, so the uh, the wand, I I like the idea behind this thing, and this is like you get two or three fast hits in a row, like two ticks apart, and then it charges up, you know, quote-unquote, a uh, a stronger hit that, you know, might, I don't know what they're planning on, but might take five or six ticks. Yeah. So that's kind of how it's going to be balanced. Um, I I personally don't think Jagex is going to go through with this how they pitched it. I think they're going to change it. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be because of a balancing reason. I know they've talked about, you know, the potential where you can you can hit, you know, two or three of those like really quick ones with the wand and then switch to a different weapon for your big hit and then go back to the wand for the quick hits. And I, I think that that's going to be hard for them to balance and get right. Uh, so yeah. personally, I'd be surprised if they actually release this into the game, how they intend it to be. But I do think it's, it's unique. Um, it's completely something, you know, different than what they've tried in the past. So I like it. I like the idea behind it. Uh, I haven't really thought through the practical applications of it. Uh, yeah um my thoughts so i've always been a fan and all my not all of them but like a lot of save casts where we talk about raids 3 i always bring up this two tick wand idea <laughs> and they, they might have been listening when they introduced this new kind of twist on it but um i really just want a two tick wand i think the whole like i think i think it attacks three times at two ticks and then the fourth attack is always like a a four tick attack and then it just okay. it'll always like remember this is what i've heard yeah. just from people in my stream that yeah. told me um and i feel like that's just kind of silly almost it's almost like why not just have it always two tick and then if you wanted to power up attack you would just use like a sang or something you know yeah i feel like though the issue you run into there is the same exact issue that they had with the blowpipe right where and, and obviously if it's not super powerful i guess that you know, that's fine, but it becomes hard to bring new gear into the game that's, you know, damage multiplying or whatever else because it scales so much bigger with something yeah. that's two tick than it does something four tick. It's true, but a lot of the places where we're maging things rely on that long range. And I think of this is a short burst range. Oh, okay. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. think about, like, chambers. Like, you can't really use this wand unless you're, like, doing chain, like, in team chambers or somehow manipulating when you're doing four to zero getting a wand yeah. hit off or something yeah. you know something crazy yeah i guess i guess if it has a short attack range of like five tiles as well that like that changes it a lot huh yeah and especially like you just think about nightmare i mean 
there's a real benefit to having a harm staff at nightmare because it has one extra attack range uh from mm-hmm. like a sang so you can actually just fully safe spot the boss at most pillars um with that whereas the wand you're always having to like run toward it and stuff so yeah. my personal opinion i would love it to just be a static thing it does not have to be i think it should be just slightly better than like a sanguinesti uh mm-hmm. just dps wise that wouldn't really hit too high but yeah, obviously, if like new gear comes out, it's going to just dramatically increase it over time. But yeah, and, and I guess that's a that's a good point because you know, saying stuff at least you get the added benefit of it healing you. So exactly. Yeah. In fact, I would almost I would almost be a fan um, because they are having an armor that's damaging you down to forty HP. It would almost be cool if this wand actually damaged you or something like mm. some sort of offset, you know, to like offset how powerful it is. Uh, yeah. I don't know i i think yeah, if they have a theme of that already that could actually work it's definitely like a, a new brand of you know weapons and abilities that they can kind of bring in i i, I need to be careful using the term abilities with you know old school but <laughs> it, a new new style of you know combat that they can bring into the game that you know adds a lot of variability to what's already here yeah what do you think of the uh let me try to get this right what do they call it? The incantations or whatever they were? The, the, the incantations. Is that what they call them? The the little modifiers of the raid? There's some Oh, word. is this is this the one that they're like, you know, kind of like the prestige one where like you can make it yeah. harder or easier? Yeah, I yeah, know. So actually I what they kinda called? like this, honestly. I mean, someone that's skilled at the game, they can make it harder and, you know, have a better chance at loot, but maybe, like, you know, someone that wants to do Rage 3, but, you know, can barely step in the door at Chambers, maybe, might have a chance at getting it done and having a long shot at some loot. Like, that that could be a good thing. Maybe give some hardcores the ability to get in there if they're, you know, too too scared to go in. I don't know. I I mean, I like having difficulty with hardcore modes. I don't know that that's a wonderful idea, but, you know, it, it adds potential to more than just what i would call the top tier yeah uh i think this is a really healthy thing for just jagex as a business to do this because you're going to get so many players involved yeah um personally do you you see them expanding it though like actually bringing that backwards into theater of blood or something uh, like that i doubt it. i know they have story mode but that's kind of not the same yeah i doubt it by the way i love story well i did love story mode back when i thought that the elite clue rate was the same Uh, (laughs) because uh entry mode is actually just fun you just go in there just fly through it 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 becomes more of a uh how fast can i do this without actually thinking about much i actually haven't tried it yet it's really fun just soloing it it's just like you're just chilling yeah uh but that's what i'm kind of excited about with this new raids 3 thing is like you could just if you just want to chill but you still want to do raids 3 you could just lower all the modifiers yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Maybe uh, maybe that'll be a easier way for people to get into like solos and stuff. I don't know that Raid Series is going to be soloable, but you know, yeah. could, I, I think they could do be. want it to be soloable. I think they were yeah. saying like one through eight, one through eight people. Mm. That's what I like as well, though. This eight man idea, like that's a that's a pretty large group compared to you know, say theater. I don't know that. It, I, I doubt it's going to be the meta, yeah. uh, but. I wonder how you know some of the mechanics of the bosses are gonna are gonna kind of bounce off of having so many people in. Yeah, have you done any sepulcher? Uh, I have. I haven't done the last floor though. 
Okay. I, I kind of like I, I messed around with it. I did a, you know, I don't know, a hundred or so on on my Ironman at, at the fourth floor. But I stopped doing it because I want to get ninety two Agil on that account first before I really send it, just yeah. so I can actually have a chance at the ring. But yeah, that that actually was some good pathing practice for you know things like the theater maze or or even corrupted gauntlet. I've gotten so much better at running Hunlift based on some of the things that I kind of picked up from Sepulcher. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, they're going to be implementing some of those kind of hallway oh, based things yeah. in Raid Three. So interesting. Yeah, I'm this uh, this ranging Darak set. What do you think about that? So I think it's going to be really cool for Inferno. Uh, just oh, seeing like I'm not I I'm trash at the Inferno. I've mm-hmm. I've done four capes, but like the last cape I ever did was like almost two years ago now. So gotcha. like I am not good at the Inferno. Uh, but I love watching people that are just disgusting at it. Like I don't know if you've ever watched. Adwam attempt the one prayer point infernos oh i haven't no it is just i mean i've seen no pillars and i've seen you know all of exact's crazy shit but i haven't <laughs> seen one of those yeah no Adwam will get to like he'll get to like the wave 50s or so and then he'll accidentally met like he'll he will literally go into the inferno with no prayer and one prayer point so it's not like he's starting no. out at 99 if he makes a mistake it's like ah whatever like, i'll just continue it's oh like no nah, he is he is at one prayer point and it's like just horrible it's like it brings on like unnecessary stress to the viewers even it's like i'm feeling stressed out because like anyway it it reminds me or it's it's just gonna be cool seeing people using this new super powerful range set but having to yeah. have that like you know lower require or just like lower health i think it's cool uh, it takes me back to like that time wooks decided to do and this was early on ish in inferno where he decided to do a no potion run like, no bruise, no restores, nothing. And he just brought an SGS in with him. I don't know if you saw this. And he's streaming this, and he, he's getting through, like, the early waves. He's on, like, 20 or 30 or something like that. And he dismantled his SGS <laughs> because yeah. he decided it would be too yeah. easy to get it done with that spec. <laughs> and he continued to finish the rest of it with that. Like, I, it, that blew my mind. Literal savage. Yeah, that's disgusting. Absolutely nuts. It's insane the amount of talent we have from the player base. Like, I think of Exact and Wooks. Like, Wooks is the pioneer, while Exact is like, he'll like uh, expand upon it. He's, yeah, he's like the super mechanical. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, uh, what was, I wonder what was going through. I wonder if Bodhi thought that somebody would actually complete a 40 combat inferno like when he offered that challenge for like the ten thousand dollars i think yeah i i don't know i i think he knew that people could do it but he wanted to see that grand pushed yeah i don't think he expected someone to get it done so quickly (laughs) yeah and like i think i think he made a special thing like if exact doesn't get if he gets anything like higher than that it would like dock the price but he just straight up went for the 40 that's so nuts man that was so much fun to watch though like i mean it it makes me so nervous watching the majors at the end (laughs) and and like how he has to reposition them like that is wild but yeah that is some of the best content i just Uh, don't i don't i don't understand how you get that good (laughs) you know and the other thing is like sometimes i think who like are you really 
basically suiciding your accounts just to find out what the furthest safe spot is possible for all these things. Like, mm-hmm. I see them start running across the room, like, down south even on Zook. And I'm like, you must have taken so many attempts just to figure out what the safe spots were. <laughs> like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's such a fun grind, man. It's just like watching those those streams are are some of the most entertaining streams I've ever seen on Twitch. Honestly, Inferno release was the best time of RuneScape Twitch for me. Like since Old School's been released, it was so good. Yeah. I had your Hopping stream around. open. I had Bodhi stream open. I had V the victim. Oh man, um, Zulu. I think was doing V it. V surprised a lot of people during that. Oh yeah, yeah. He was. I remember his face when uh, yeah. I think it was. <laughs> When he saw, was it after Triple Jazz? He thought it was over. Or I think it was the healers. Or was it the healers? I think I think it was when the healers popped up. Like, cause he, was, I think he was the first people, first person that got to the healers, and he's just like, no. I mean, we, we all remember like the, the Yad. What are you doing here? When Wooks yeah. first saw Jad during during Zuck, and everyone's just like, yeah, this is impossible. That was so awesome. That's kind of what's crazy about it, though. Like the Inferno release and kind of that progression and seeing Triple Jads and seeing Zuck and and then the healers and you know. The Jad and, and the multiple sets, and every single time something new came up, everyone's opinion was, this is literally never going to be done by more than like one person. Yep. Now you see how many how many Infernal Caves are out there. And I, I maintain that probably half of the Infernal Caves out there have been bought, probably oh, yeah. more than that. But um, yeah, it's just it's just nuts to see like the, the community perception of that. I, I really hope that whatever comes after Raids 3 is something more in line with Inferno. Maybe not wave-based, but just something to that initial yeah. difficulty that just blows people's minds. The crazy thing is, is I mean, even the combat... What are your thoughts on uh, the combat achievements? All of them. Uh, I like them. I, I think it... Um, I, I think the initial release was like, okay, yeah, this is going to you know add a lot of it's going to open up a lot of grants to the game that people kind of wrote off, right? Yeah. Now, some people see that as unnecessary, obviously. Like, who wants to go back and kill Ober five times when they're 126 combat or Seracnus or whatever else? But it does make a lot of old dead content active again. And I, I'm not against that. It, I like the, the added challenges. You know, I think some of the Inferno ones are ridiculous, and I understand that some people can complete them. But I'll be damned if I want to go do a melee cape right now. I've done that on the league, and that was enough for me. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is is pretty exciting. Some of it is kind of depressing, like you know, just looking at it. Oh yeah, I'm never getting that done. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but, but it, think it's, about it's been fun. Yeah, but the, then again, you think because I used to think I when I was first watching the Inferno, mm-hmm. I was like, there is no way I will even step into there. It just looks horrible. It looks like hell. Mm-hmm. Like no, like I'm never doing that. And then eventually, I just I just do it, and now I yeah. I still think the same thing about the Zook thing is like or uh, the uh, Grandmaster challenges for the Zook helmet. Mm-hmm. Just like the, this is stupid. Like this is just one like, day, one day, yeah. and and that's kind of the thing though. Like as more gear comes to the game, some of those things might be a little bit easier. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so. I feel like it's it's also just like mindset. Obviously, uh, there isn't um for me like I'm not going for Grandmaster right now because it's just like there's not enough incentive. Just like mm-hmm. a simple helmet is just not worth it. I really wanted the elite one, uh, just because of all the like clue perks and stuff. But like, yeah, if they came out with like a brand new cape or something, obviously I feel like the majority of the community would have hated that if something like just best in slot came out. But if something did come out, I would have to push myself for it, and so I would do it. And uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, 
you never think you can do it and then all of a sudden you do it just like any any yeah, person that's, that's ever gotten their infernal cape it's like wow okay I can yeah do that was me as well I, I feel you there like I, I think it took me almost two years to muster the courage to get back into the inferno after the release to actually get it done and then it only took me like five days to get it so i don't, I don't know what i put it off for so long yeah it's it's nuts how uh <laughs> like you just kind of put yourself in there you're like okay like wow this actually i mean because you were doing it on day of release weren't you yeah yeah that actually was... I, I got to triple jets on day of release really and you yeah. just put it off yeah that's insane <laughs> i also took my time I, I milked the shit out of the waves to get sgs heels in like yeah I, I think i hit i think i hit triple jets on my first or second run i think it was probably the second one that's insane um, actually but while everyone like i would actually kick back and kind of chill and talk to people and let my spec bar heal all the way back up because i wanted all the potions that i could get to give myself the best chance like week of release yeah and um I knew at that time when I like the first time I got to Zuck was like, I don't know, five days into it or something. I know at that time, like there's literally no way I'm getting this done anytime soon. Like I was getting to Zuck with like one brew and Mm. like no restores. So I was burning all my supplies on the way there. So like I wrote it off at that time as a grind that I just was not ready for. But um, it it took me a couple years of or like a year and a half of actually like getting better at the game and kind of working up the courage. I think the, the worst part about Inferno to me is how demotivating it is to die on a later wave. Yeah. Like, I can do a cape. Uh, I, I've done a few of them. I can do a cape, no problem. I did my first one with an ACB. But still today, even with a T-Bow, even on, on Slay Task, I still don't want to fucking go in because I don't want the demotivating, you yep. know, mindset of, oh, shit, you know, here comes wave 63. I've got to get through this. And if I die on it, it's going to piss me off. I'm not going not gonna to want to play the game for the rest of the day. Yep. I, so I, just, I'm, I feel like, like I'm the exact same as you. Yeah. I almost that's just like of, see a Zook task and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to skip this. <laughs> like, yeah. Can't be asked. Yeah. But uh, at least it's one of those grinds that, you know, hopefully you only need to do once, you know. And then if you want to do it more past that or if you want to get a big combat achievement thing, you got to you gotta work for it a little bit. Yeah. I, I'm happy that, wait, I might need to work, look back at this. The combat achievements don't require a no pillar, do they? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just may or okay, I... I don't think it's no. It's, it's like it's like don't use a mage weapon or don't use a Tebow or don't use yeah. you know other things. I don't think there's a no pillar. Yeah, I don't think there's no pillar. I think there's no yeah no mage like you can't freeze the blobs. Yeah, like that. okay. Which you can get by with using doing chins, a no. I guess, huh? See, I was thinking like there would be no pillars and there would be these other crazy yeah. things. Yeah, but they're all I'm, like I'm happy to see that there's not those. Yeah, like it's like it's just like on the verge of okay, this is still doable, but this is like gonna be torture doing it. But I know mm-hmm. I could probably do it over, you know, a bunch of attempts. Are you able to do all those on task? By the way, do you just like wait for a task? Or Am I able to do th- those those types of oh like I, shit? I, I mean, are are those able I, to be I'm done not on task? Be doing them. Oh, I, I would imagine so. Okay, so that's. Just... I don't think there's a. Uh, I, I'm actually. I can. I can check real quick, but I don't. I don't think there's one that says you have to do it off task. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like um, in the next few months they're going to come out with new perks. I, I. That's just my feeling. I just feel like they're going to come out with new perks for the grandmaster and master, and so I'll. I think so too. I think. I think some. I mean, imagine you know getting all of that stuff done. All of the masters. All of the grandmasters. And what do you get from it? Oh, you only have to get 30 goblin kills now instead of 40 to go into the bandos room. Like, that's a little depressing, isn't it? <laughs> the helmet is badass, though. I the helmet's lie. badass. No, absolutely. And I'm I'm jealous that I'm never going to get this thing. 
but um, yeah no i feel kind of the same it is underwhelming and i i mean i think you're right they can't release a best in slot item with it because you know it's kind of accessible to so few players in the game at least before people start selling it which is going to happen yeah um but uh yeah i it should have more to it than than what there is the the perks are not appealing enough yeah, I agree. It's just I'm I don't I'm not pushed enough to do it. Infernal Cape mm-hmm. was always one of those things. Was like, I'm losing a max hit. Like this is, I'm I look like a pleb. You know, I gotta, yeah. I gotta get this thing. So I had the idea to get at least like the elites done on my hardcore, and then I realized you need like 150. I think is what it is. Like, uh, Vedion kills Venonatus kills Callisto. Like Callisto and Venonatus, that's doable. But you get into Vedion on a hardcore, it's the oh, scariest thing I've ever experienced. And especially man. now, because now it's just packed with PKers because of... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, like, even even before that, like, unless you're bringing a team with you to protect you, like, you're every kill that I've ever done there has had at least two people log on. Yeah. You know? No, Vedion's and then horrible. on top of that, there's there's Wilderness Scout bots. And then on top of that, I don't know if you knew this, there's a there's a hardcore Twitter page specifically for scouting uh, hardcore Iron Man kill <laughs> counts at Wilderness Bosses. I've seen that. Oh, yeah, God. That, like, it will tweet every single... Like, this kill count on the high scores went from 141 to 142 <laughs> and was last updated two minutes and 32 seconds ago. Like, shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, so what do you... I guess um, looking at the future of the game for you do you always Mm -hmm. okay well actually i want to ask this first group iron man's coming out thoughts on it do you plan to do it i'm gonna be doing it um i've got my team together for it are you able to leak uh, oh i'll leak it for you yeah so um initially actually for about three years now myself mmrpg uh, mr mammal and sick nerd had all intended to do it together uh obviously sick nerd stopped playing old school yeah um and he's been away from the game for a while and i've asked him a couple times since then you know hey when group comes out are you still gonna be interested and we we actually talked about it about a week ago and he said uh you know i'm not really sure what what my mindset's gonna be at the time uh so i want you guys to be able to plan so go ahead and drop me from the group so you can get something together because i don't want to hold you guys back yeah uh so yeah which you know is sad because i would have loved to play with him i love the guy yeah but um, he still may end up playing group. He said he may do it with another team if he decides to. But my team, uh, our team, is going to be myself, Mr. Mammal, MMRPGRS, and Roydy. Hell yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to do a four-man group. And we're, right now we're considering uh, leaning towards unofficial hardcoring it. Where if one of us... Because I don't believe they're going to be releasing a hardcore mode initially with the, with the release of group. I think it's something they'll do eventually. But everything that they've said so far kind of leans to to not having it as an initial release. Yeah. I think what we plan to do right now, we might change our minds, is... Or we've at least discussed this. Uh, if one of us dies, that person is removed from the group. And they have to come back in on a new account. We're going to kick them from okay, the group okay. and they can come back in on a fresh account. <laughs> it's just uh, like, you're, you're gone, man. Okay, yeah. That. So, like, I mean, that's that's not as much of a problem until you consider, like, what if it's the guy that we gave all of our herbs to, you know, to to train herbal for the whole team? That could end up really sucking. So, like, I, I'm kind of on the fence. Is it a good idea or not? It would be really fun for content, but it would also be very demotivating for like not just the person that dies, but all of the group. If like we're set back so far because we do that, yeah. So I don't know if we'll end up doing it or not, but we're definitely playing group together. Okay. Um. 
And I think all of us intend to, you know, take a break for the league when that's released. Cause this is going to be like mid fall or, or late fall. Um, let's, let's actually, let me, let me take a step back. Jagex says that this is going to be in the fall sometime. Um, they also said that, you know, the account security blog was going to be somewhere around two years ago and they announced group Ironman officially two years ago. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up too much. I just don't want to be set up for disappointment, but we're going to hope that it comes out in the fall. Uh, so if that's the case, we'll take a break for the league because I'll play the league. Curtis will, uh, Jordan will. I don't know if, if uh, I don't know if Rody's going to end up playing the league. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know if everyone knows him by Connor, but um, I don't know if Rody's going to end up playing the league. I don't think he played much of the last one, if at all. But um, we'll play that. We'll probably take a break for Rage 3 and then we'll get back on the group. Maybe we'll, we'll, I, what we talked about was we would reassess at the time when kind of like raids three hits we'll reassess what else we want to do on group i don't know what our entire like overall goal is going to be yeah. or if we're going to have a stopping point but yes we are going to be playing okay would you like in an optimal situation would you like to would you like to have group iron man be your main like account or is that just something that you don't feel like would would ever happen that you would eventually just fall back on, like, I, I, I don't know if it would happen i i don't think most people in the group would uh would lean on that i mean obviously curtis is extremely into playing as iron man he's yep. played almost solely iron man since the release right yep. um rody and uh, well jordan hops over to a lot of different stuff uh rody and i we basically exclusively play hardcore nowadays so i i don't expect that that would be the way it is because as more content comes out, Curtis is absolutely going to want to get back to the Ironman for that stuff. Yep. Uh, and myself and Rory, we're going to want to do hardcore stuff. I know that for sure. Jordan, I think he would probably play group nonstop if, you know, if everyone was interested in it, but also he, he does a lot for YouTube with his other series. So, you know, with his hardcore and his Ironman. So he'd kind of hop around as well. So I, I don't see it being a long-term thing. And I think that's probably going to be the case for most people. And I just think that's because it's, it's hard to keep everyone you know, it's hard enough to keep yourself interested in one account or, or one yep. game mode for long enough. It's a whole nother factor to keep, you know, between two and five people interested yeah. in the same thing. Yeah. So there will definitely be a few that do it long term like that. I think more likely uh, we'll end up doing it with that group. And if that group ends up tiring out, if I go back to group one day, it'll be with another team, you know, and maybe cool. we'll do something different or some some specific challenge or something like that. So I'm curious. I'm a little disappointed, but I totally understand where they're coming from, where they say group Iron Men don't need to raid with members of their group. They could just... Yeah, I, I didn't like that. I, I wish it would be restricted to the group. I think so, too. Yeah. And, and to me, that doesn't seem like a hard ask, at least with Cox. You can even solo Cox, right? Yeah. I mean, you can solo theater as well, but kind of kind of harder. But I wish that, you know, there was that it, kind of like an integrity thing, you know? Like exactly. you were just restricted to do it with your group. Um I think their worry is just not everyone's that good at the game. You know, not everyone, even, you know, if, with a with a three or more four man team, you know, all the groups are out there. They're not going to be able to go run theater or they're not going to be able to yeah. go run, you know, chambers. So I, I think they're worried about more of the more casual player. Absolutely. With this one, like maybe they have one person that can handle doing theater if they're with a good team so they can kind of feed the rest of the group gear. But I just don't think that's, that's how the group should be done. I think... I think my team may be interested in just doing Cox together and doing, you know, theater together and, and stuff like that. We might we might unofficially do it that way. And I think a lot of teams might follow the same suit. Yeah. I think that would be the best way to do it as a content creator standpoint. Yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm just sad that they're not doing that. And I don't think, so 
I don't I don't even know if they covered it, but what's happening with the POH? Does everyone have their own POH and you can't enter think, each other's? I, I think so so what they talked about doing was uh combining it, actually giving one POH, I believe. I don't know if they I, I know that they want to give access to each other's POH. They even want to do that with regular Ironman mode where That's your amazing. friends can come visit. Yeah. I, I know they mentioned that. So since they mentioned that, that their perspective must be, in my opinion, um, that they want to have that able for group. They, they want to have that ability for group. Yeah. So I think if they can swing it, the best way for them to do group is make it to where you know, if say I am the, the, you know, builder for, for our group, I'm, I'm the constructor. Um, everyone can feed me supplies. I can build all the ornate stuff in my house and everyone can use that. Um, I don't know if they'll end up doing it, but I think that's the best way to handle it. Yeah. You know, I would absolutely just be so thrilled. I know, I don't even think their like engine could even handle this, but just sharing their own, sharing a POH with all of your friends and then like running yeah. corp together where you just see each other go to the pool oh yeah absolutely like, like oh that'd be amazing yeah being able to go into your teammates or your group's house you know oh whoever's offline that would be i amazing. think it would be great I, I don't know how they're gonna solve it because i don't think that's an easy thing for them to do absolutely uh, not the way that instances currently work because that's kind of how that would work out you know but we'll see i don't know that's an that's an interesting one group's gonna be fun though i, I think what they need to do is kind of kind of similar to what they did with hardcore Ironman. I don't know if you remember this, but they had the hardcore first achievements page. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they need to kind of build one of those for group as well and kind of keep track of that. Oh, Cause that's yeah. going to, I think that's going to be something that really pushes group activity quite hard. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that eventually fell off. They didn't really do a good job updating after like the first six yeah. months. I, I didn't but... even know how to find that page without it yeah, just already being because there's not a link to it like you, <laughs> yeah. you just have to you either be able to google it or already know like what the the web address is yeah. but there's not an easy way to get to it they linked it in the first dev or the first actual news post of hardcore release and i don't think they ever linked it again after that yeah that was kind of silly i just yeah, remember getting a dragon warhammer first and i was like where's my drag where's my first dragon yeah, warhammer? Exactly. And, then everyone, <laughs> and then everyone's like oh that's not a real boss i'm like god damn it uh um, that should have been one yeah okay so uh, this is the question i want to ask you just because you are you have played every single game mode basically plan to play them you've played all the leagues admin modes everything so if you could come out with your own mode like is there something that you would just love to see like hardcore Um, ultimate or or anything similar actually actually i I would like to see an extreme hardcore type i I don't know what you would call it extreme hardcore seems kind of lame but uh a hardcore Ironman mode where everything is a dangerous death, including a Chambers of Zeric death, a Barb Assault death, a Fight Cave, an Inferno death, anything like that. Any little bitty death, there's no safe deaths in the game. Uh, that's that's what I would like to see because there's, I mean, even even doing something like Chambers, it completely changes Chambers. Yeah, uh, changes Chambers. Did I say that right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, think think the Vespula method where you're redemptioning. You know, that becomes a very very like scary method at that point oh yeah um you know doing doing solo no preps you know with unoptimal setups becomes very difficult because there's no escape from chambers there's no teleport out uh an infernal cape would make make people go holy shit that guy got that you know without ever dying on any way that would be a fun game mode for me to see i don't think they'd ever release it but that's the first thing that comes to mind for me yeah okay yeah, I just think because I, I, you and me both, I think we just loved 
the release of Hardcore. Oh, absolutely. Man. I was camped in your stream at the beginning of Hardcore, like 4 a.m. that day. And the funniest things ever happened on that release. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just remember, oh, my God, like, people were going for, like, the fastest or, like, the first ever Hardcore death and stuff. They just dying to, yep. like, a man or whatever. Yep. I think it was, I think the guy that got that ended up dying to a jail guard or something. Or actually, <laughs> someone else might have beat it because he logged on a PvP server and had his buddy kill him. Okay, but um, no, the, the that first day. Okay, check this out. Some of the funniest things I remember happening from from the first day of hardcore release, which I made a, a CC on that day of only hardcores, uh, and it was just constantly like kicking people out of the CC that died. So it's mm-hmm. hilarious. But um, there was a guy. I can't make this up. There's a guy that died while he was thieving in Artie intentionally so he could get his run energy back and get a quicker teleport to Lumbridge. <laughs> and it didn't click to him that that would cost his hardcore status intentionally oh dying to get to Lumbridge. And then there was another guy that was doing the dwarf cannon quest that he, he got down to two HP because he was fixing the railings. <laughs> And he thought the railings could only hit one damage, and it hit him a two, and he died from the dwarf cannon quest of all things. Like that that day, just it, the content of people dying the most like ridiculous ways was so hilarious, man. I, I, I just, just I, I just remember the guy getting off the magic carpet, just getting hit yeah, instant. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Randall, who was that? No, that not Randall. Um, it was the first ninety nine on a uh, on a hardcore, and uh, he was actually he's a, a well known ultimate Iron Man, or was at the time. Okay. But uh yeah, so he like he knew the game well enough to know that that should be <laughs> yeah. he should have known that that could happen. You just stop oh, thinking was... kind of like you just Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's one of those. Yeah. That was a great That was the most fun I've ever had in this game was just first couple months of hardcore. So much fun. Oh, do you remember the the random event death? The beekeeper? No. Did somebody oh, I'll tell you about this? There's a video of this on YouTube. You can actually find it if you search like beekeeper hardcore Iron Man or something like that. But um, so this guy, the, the beekeeper random event, at least then it might not be anymore, but then it was broken. You could almost never fix it, even if you kind of lined <laughs> yeah, up everything seemingly I remember perfect, that. right? So, so he, he got this random event and he got it wrong. He's 10 HP on his hardcore. He gets teleported to the cold trucks north of Sears, right? <laughs> Northwest of Sears. And when you fail that random event, apparently it smites all of your run energy. You're at zero run. So he had no food on him. He had zero run, and it teleported him into a bat. So his bat's <laughs> just smacking him. And he's trying to run away, but he has no run energy. He ends up getting, like, four hit by this bat for his hardcore oh status. Oh, my God. Because of this broken random event. It's, it, I just I miss that release so much. That was probably my most uh, fun release on, on Old School. The, the initial Deadman mode, uh, Inferno release, and day one of Hardcore Iron Man were just amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's just so much fun. It was really disappointing to see Wooks die. Yes, it was. Oh, but it was it was amazing because Wooks died while he was memeing. Yeah. Yep. I, I always so I mentioned this in uh, one of my streams like last week or something about how we what we uh, so who let me try to phrase this correctly exact is what we wanted Wooks to be as a hardcore like hardcore wise. Uh, like yeah wooks is what we or like we always wanted wooks to do like the impossible and now we have exact yeah. that has accomplished basically just yeah crazy stuff on a hardcore i saw he just finished full inquisitor armor <laughs> yeah on his one defense hardcore yeah. like do you realize how nuts that is that is just crazy yeah 
Yeah, no, he is an actual beast. I cannot believe he hasn't died yet. With all, hasn't uh, he done like a well, thousand I mean, TVs? Yeah, uh, that's he is just that is that is kind of like the he is the gold standard of hardcore. Yep. You ever you ever heard about the oh what is this? This is going to completely go off to a different subject, but I'm gonna I'm gonna run the uh, the podcast real quick. Have you ever heard of Garp? Garp, no. Okay, I want you to look this account up. G A R P. Okay. Because this account is going to blow your mind. Now, now certain things aren't on the high scores because of his stats. He's like, I don't know, 40 attack, maybe 50 attack. He's one defense. But he's got all these boss kill counts, right? He's got 9,700 Zoras. He's got, uh, uh, let's look at some of the ridiculous ones. Uh, 619 Theater of Blood. Uh, 6,900 KBD. 10K Calfight Queen. Oh, yep. No, no. I think I've 10K seen. 10K Corp. <laughs> 1,000 Challenge Mode Raids. This guy is, oh, this is a crazy one. 3,400 Dagonoth Prime Kills. <laughs> He's 28 prayer, I think. He doesn't have overheads. Oh, my God. So when you look at some of these things, like 2,700 Hydras, you know, 2,700 Cerberus, uh, <laughs> a combined eight or 9,000 DK kills. Like, it's just some of these things are just insane to think of how he did. 10K Zoras. How do you do 10K Zoras with no overheads? I'm just looking at, like, grow. I mean, just even grotesques. Just, like, he's one yeah. defense and one... Or I guess he just doesn't have over just overheads, no overheads. Yeah. yeah, it's just like I can't imagine. Like what, what, how <laughs> this is just this account is one of the hardest things for me to fathom. So you think about you know exact achievements on a hardcore. This guy's up there as well with the kind of stuff that he's done. I think yeah, because it's just it's just a pretty nutty account. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's actually disgusting. I always kind of wish. I wish. And I know it probably would have broke the Inferno or whatever, but um, I wish you could have used Purple Sweets in the Inferno. Uh, yeah, so so we're actually the reason that you can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, um, what? Why? Yeah, yeah. so before Inferno came out, uh, it came out in, like, what, June or something that yeah. year? Yeah. Uh, in, like, either April or May, Jagex flew a lot of content. Ten content creators, I think, out to uh, Jagex HQ to <laughs> test the Inferno. Yeah. And uh, they, they actually they had some rich restrictions on this test run. But, you know, it was myself. It was like a friend. Uh, I think I think maybe Alfie, Bodie. Um, I don't think Wooks was there. Uh, Curtis, maybe Mr. Mammal, maybe um, Skiddler, Skill Specs. You know, I, there were some of these guys there, right? Yeah. And um, I think there was Dead Wilson as well. But they had us test the Inferno. They gave us 30 minutes to go in as many times as we wanted. We had kind of like a, a chest outside that we can gear up with whatever we wanted. And we were able to go in the room and, you know, we got 30 minutes total of just, just trying things. So everyone only got to like wave, I don't know, 20 during that time, yeah. you know, just to kind of get an idea of what it looked like. We kind of understood what the structure was, how it kind of followed fight caves. And, you know, we, I, I don't even think anyone got to a major during that, but maybe they did. Uh, then we got, we got to go back outside and we got to gear up for one final attempt. So whatever we we wanted to bring. So everyone's in like, you know. There's no justice, so everyone's in like Armadil, and you know some people bring ancestral top and bottom, and you know Tebow and Ellie and Kodai, and uh, everyone had like a one million stack of purple sweets, um, because what we were doing is we'd go in and you know before you finish off every wave, you just sit behind the pillar yep. and you purple sweet all the way back up, yep. and then we got one attempt, whatever you died on, that was it. You couldn't try Inferno anymore after that. That was they were stopping it there. So that's all we got because they didn't want us to, you know, be too spoiled. Yeah. It, right. Yeah. They didn't want us to know everything about it. They didn't. We didn't uh, initially know that there was triple jabs or stuff like that. Um. 
So the reason that they decided to not allow Purple Sweets is because a lot of us were able to kind of milk some of the waves just sitting behind the pillar and healing up after every single time. And uh, I mean, I think in that test attempt, I got to the furthest wave out of everyone, which was like 62 or something like that. Uh, but it took me like three hours or something to get there. And it was just a lot of purple sweet milking. And obviously you can do the SGS milk kind yeah. of the same way. But uh, they they decided at that time that it was going to be too easy for too many people if they allowed purple sweets in. So that's when they decided to scratch purple sweets. Interesting. Maybe they already thought about it before that, but actually seeing it all in practice by us, they're like, yeah, no. Yeah, I I just sorry guys. I guess I wonder for like exact sake, like something where how far could you really take it? Like, could you do? He oh, can do a thirty. <laughs> like, I'm I'm just thinking like, could it? Couldn't you just not have any prayer, like, at all, if you just planned it out perfectly? Like, I mean, if you planned it perfectly, technically, you, you would be able to ticky pretty much anything that, that would come at you, right? That's what I'm thinking. I mean, you might need to bring, like... You might need to scout some some waves. Yeah, like, I, I don't know how it would work, but I, I just feel like there's there would be so much, like, more potential for tick-eating. Like, I, I don't know, like... Yeah, maybe. It, it could change, you know, the meta a good bit from what it is now. Yeah. But I do understand the whole milking thing. I know Purple Sweets would be... First of all, Purple Sweets are crazy expensive right now. I think they're like 8k or something yeah. each. Honestly, Jagex should allow them in Inferno at this point. I think it would be they great. Really should. Yeah. I mean, then again, I, I feel a little bit differently about this than a lot of people do. I also think that they should just allow people to, to buy caves from, from other people at this point. It's it's like, what, almost three years? Maybe more than three years since Inferno release. And people are buying caves anyways, and I bet you they don't even catch half of them. They need like, to make a stance on it, like, either way, because, like, like yeah, I know their stance is, like, you can't buy it. But for me, I don't care which way it goes. Like, either make it legal or make it illegal. It. Yeah, exactly. But they can't enforce it. That's, that's the problem. If, it, if they could enforce it, it makes sense to not allow it. I get that. Exactly. But they can't. They can't enforce it, and they won't because I if know. they could, it would take way too many man hours. Yeah. So, like, I mean, look at just go to a PvP world and see all these like level 70, 80 combat accounts. These motherfuckers didn't get. They can't listen. Some of these guys that have infernal capes still four spec DDS. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just can't convince me that they're the ones that went and got that done on a one yeah. one defense account, right? So, I mean, really, since they, since it's my opinion, at least, that they can't enforce buying and selling capes uh, properly, like, like at least with 90% success rate, I think they should just allow it. Honestly. They have it, to, it's, because it's just so it dumb. It's exclusive for the first few years, or for the first year. Yep. After the first year, a ton of capes were bought and sold. Uh, and even now, you know, so much further removed from that, a, a ton, like absolute ton of them are, right? Yep. Like, I think they just need to allow it at this point. Especially, it, you know. Like, okay, have they even made a stance on combat achievement buying? Like, no, but it's the same thing. I mean, like, like are they going to ban somebody for doing, like, a different, like, let's just say you have got your own Infernal Cape legally. Is it, so now it's just everything Okay, so so technically, buy? though, they, they did make a official stance against account services sometime in the last year didn't they they don't allow it anymore yeah it yeah, still yeah, goes on like but i think they did you know make a stance against that but yeah i mean there there are going to be account service you know things for for this as well yeah it's just such a yeah it's it's a mess i feel like yeah i mean they do i feel like they try their best to enforce it obviously they're not putting any money into it really they're just 
whatever they yeah. have already. They're just trying to do their best with what they have. But I mean, I don't blame them. It's it's almost impossible to yeah. properly enforce. But if you can't properly enforce it, why let some people get away with it and others not? Right? Yeah. No, I I am with you there. I don't like literally. I wouldn't even care if somebody bought a cape. It's like I like cool. Like it's just it's just an infernal cape at this point. It's like. I like to call people out for it, but I don't really care about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, but it's really only because we're three years removed from it. Yeah. You know, my my opinion was not the same two years ago. Yeah. No, that's... I I think I'm on the same page with you. I I don't yeah. really focus on it too much because I just am not... I don't do Inferno and stuff. It doesn't affect me. Exactly. You know? All right. Um, Champions Cape says, what inspired you to do your first charity stream? Um, how did it mm. lead to killing your hardcore for a good cause? Any future plans? I'm assuming with charities. And then he also says, "Thanks for giving back in such a big way. We appreciate all the hard work you do in life and gaming." Yeah. So, I mean, my first charity stream was years and years ago. I think I think the first one I did was for Wounded Warrior Project, and obviously that one had some ties with you know my past life, and uh, that one just meant a lot for me. Um. And I just, I, I really wanted to do that just because one, my connection with the military yeah. and two, because I was in a position where like, you know, I could, you know, be successful in raising, you know, money for, for a good cause. Um, from there, I took it to, you know, toys for tots. We did a, uh, I think I did a 12 hour stream for toys for tots as my second charity stream where we raised about $11,000 and went and literally went to a Toys R Us and purchased $11,000 of toys. Wow. And then donated that on the spot to uh, Toys for Tots. So I, I made a video about this years ago, but it was like a five-hour shopping spree. Um, and I think, I, I forget the number, but donated somewhere around like 400-something toys. It was, it was pretty amazing. Uh, that's an organization that I worked with when I was in the military. Um, again, so... Um, you know, just kind of that tie there. And I just wanted to do more on that note since I, I was in a position where I could do more. Yeah. Um, from there, I mean, I, I've done some other ones, but uh, now I do the uh, the St. Jude uh, Children's Hospital one with a uh, GCX event, which was formerly Guardian Con. Guardian Con. Uh, and I've done that the last two summers. Uh, and obviously the one that he's talking about here, the one that I that I killed off my, my last hardcore with last year, um, I got into this one because uh, the guys that run it, Professor Broman and, uh, you know, some of the guys at Rare Drop Co., uh, we were all managed by the same management company together, OPG, formerly. And uh, I met those guys through that, did some events with them, and uh, started talking, you know, with them at the time of, you know, hey, you know, I know you guys do this charity event every summer. I'd love to get involved with it. If you get a space for it, message me. And they did uh, last year and this year. So I, I, you know, was very happy to take part in that. The, the idea to, to kill off my hardcore if we hit that 50K goal was not one that I actually initially planned. I think I actually came up with that within like a week of doing the event. Um, and I didn't expect it to be hit. Uh, I, I kind of thought at the time, well, you know, I may be able to raise about $30,000. Um, so I, I made some forfeits along the way for that specific event. Um, but... I thought there was a there was a small chance that we could raise the 50k to to kill off the hardcore, but you know even if we couldn't, I wanted that to be there just to try to push as much support to this charity as I could because yeah. I mean I mean you know St Jude Children's Hospital is a is a massive 
massive, uh, you know, deal. And they, they do a lot of fantastic work with, with children's cancer research and they share everything that they do with the rest of the world, all, all their research. They don't keep any of it for themselves. They just want to help people. Right. Yep. And then, you know, past that, they don't charge anyone. They don't charge their patients. They don't charge the families of their patients for traveling, for lodge, for treatment, for anything. So I, I just really wanted to help on that one and, and influence it as best as I could. And I found, you know, I figured that the best way for me to push as much support for this as I could was to make a massive, you know, forfeit. And that's, that's what I came up with. Um, as far as, you know, do I have any plans to do any, any future ones? I'd like to be a part of this event every year. So I, I plan to do at least one, one charity event a year and I plan for it to be this one. That's awesome. So what was the difference between dying at corp and then suiciding a different hardcore? What, what, what were the differences of feelings? Uh, I, I didn't have that same sinking feeling. You remember that one I talked about earlier yeah. about, you know, just kind of like the worst feeling in the world after, after losing the hardcore status. Um, when I, when I suicided at, at Corp the second time, uh, or rather the first time I actually, you know, intentionally died there. Um, one, it was only at Corp because that's what the top donor chose. Uh, I gave, I gave the person that donated the most, uh, the choice to, uh, you know, choose where, wherever I died. And he chose Corp after, after he chose, you know, he actually, initially asked me to do theater of blood until I died, but I wanted it. To, I only had a four hour block yeah. and I wanted it to be during that block. Uh, so he, he then chose corp. Um, but it, it wasn't hard that time. It was still a little bit demotivating to start a new hardcore and start over from scratch, but I didn't have any of that kind of like depressed feeling throughout it because yeah. you know, I mean, there is there is there a better way to go on hardcore probably not i'll, I'll never have a hardcore that kind of hits the same way when i die you know yeah uh that one truly felt good uh and it, it felt like it was for something because it was yeah that's awesome yeah uh okay getting close to the end here i want to cover sure. a few more um iron vaddy um he just asked i'm not sure I, I know of Recful, but he just asks, uh, can you talk about the impact that Recful had on your streaming career? Um, how you've been after a year after his death, et cetera. So all sure. I know is that he had struggled with uh, mental health. I didn't, I didn't ever like watch a stream or anything, but mm -hmm. he did commit suicide, I think, uh, like a year ago or something. Or maybe yeah, last summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Byron was was probably the first reason that I ended up getting into the Twitch world at all. Um, he is the first person I watched on Twitch. Uh, like I, like I've mentioned a few times, I watched a lot of while before I started streaming. Uh, I played a lot of while before I started streaming. So that was kind of the community that I was in and that I would watch, uh, uh, Byron, Vajira, Soda Pop and all those guys. And, uh, I, I would say probably 80% of the time that I was on Twitch for my first year on Twitch, which is basically the year preceding me starting streaming in 2013, he is who I would watch. Um, so he had a lot to do with, you know, kind of my inspiration to start streaming. Obviously my brother kind of got everything together for me and kind of pushed me towards it. Yeah. But when I started streaming, I, I would take a lot of the things that I would, you know, do on stream and, and I, I would really kind of build it off of off of what he did. He was kind of like my inspiration, my building blocks, my, my foundation of how I wanted my stream to, to kind of handle. Um, so I would, I would watch his stream and, you know, I would, I would stream myself in a, in a similar style to, to what he did, uh, at least in my, in my early years. Um, 
when I went to TwitchCon in, I want to say 2018, I actually got the chance to meet him in person. Um, and Old School RuneScape uh, hosted an event, an open bar party for, you know, it was when they were releasing mobile. Actually, I guess this was 2017 because I think all the all the things that they handed out, you know, said winter 2017, which is the meme nowadays. But um, they, uh, you know, they were they were pushing the mobile release, so they they hosted some different events and uh, and you know, Recful and some of his friends came to this, and uh, you know, I kind of intercepted him and you know, I, I told him about uh, you know how he got me into streaming and uh, you know how much I appreciated him for that and you know, how much he meant to me as, you know, kind of a, a big influence, you know, kind of getting to me, getting me to where I am now, even though he didn't know it. Yeah. And, uh, he actually, there's a video that you can search on Twitter. If you probably, if you type like at recful at foe underscore freedom, you can probably find this video of like me talking to him about this. Cause I actually told him it the first time and he was kind of moved by it. And he asked if I could repeat everything so he could record it. Um, but yeah, he just he he you know meant a lot to me, and that was a that was a hard thing uh, to see last last summer when that happened, um, and you know that was kind of I, I know he had he had those mental health struggles you know for years and years, and he lost a, a brother you know a similar way, and it was extremely sad to see for myself and for a lot of the community and a lot of people who he meant a lot to because I think he did mean a lot to a lot of people. He did you know he he did sessions you know where he would share his, his mental health, you know, struggles and journeys. And, you know, I think he had some, some different strengths with Dr. T and he just, uh, I, I think he just truly wanted to, you know, help other people get through that kind of stuff. And it, it's, it's sad to see that, you know, that he went the way that he did. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know of him. I mean, I, I had heard of him and stuff, but, um, yeah, I, I didn't understand how big of a streamer he was. Like, I honestly didn't until I like saw the news last summer. Really, if I could put it anyway, he was he was one of the true pioneers on Twitch uh, that that made it what it is today. Um, I think he he kind of connected with a lot of people in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, damn, it's really sad to hear. And uh, I know we were talking about. Um, mental health on the last Sebe cast we had. And I know uh crippled scape from the RS section also passed mm-hmm. away, but um, just really sad. It makes you feel like life is just so like, you know, fragile, short. you know, and short. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. really. It, it, I mean, it's never, it's never a hard, it's never an easy thing to deal with uh, in any sense no. or for, you know, the person going through it or for, for those that are close to them. Uh, and I mean, I don't really know what to say on the subject. I'm certainly not an expert here. Um, but you know, if you, if you need help, help is out there, um, for, for anyone that needs to hear it. Okay. Um, we're gonna kind of wrap things up. So I want to ask you a few topics, just, just a few little things that I usually ask my guests and, uh, one of those is who are the most inspiring content creators for you? Um, obviously, Recful was one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, who are some others that like you would like to give a shout out to? I mean, there's there's a ton, and I would go on forever if I <laughs> mentioned them all. So I'll name one outside of Recful, and yeah. uh, 
I think this is going to be obvious to a lot of people because I'm I'm pretty open about this. But Bodhi, um, he is uh, he's hands down the person in the old school community that has done the most for other content creators, even if you guys don't see it. Um, he is what I would say is you know a lot of the sole reason of a lot of creators um, building up. He's supported every single person outside of his own stream more than anyone else I can think of. Um, and that is, you know, from, you know, completely providing streamers with, you know, full audio sets to improve their stream quality to just, you know, talk, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's very selfless and, you know, some people don't see it because, you know, sometimes he has a persona on stream, you know, that is, you know, quick to your band and all the rest and people meme about that, but he is entirely selfless, you know, a lot of times when he's live, he'll tell you, you know, hey, I'm not doing anything exciting today. Go watch Foe or go watch, you know, Curtis or, or Mr. Mammal or, or someone else that's doing really exciting content. He'll always shout you out. Yep. Um, there's a lot of stuff that he does, you know, outside of streaming. Obviously, he had years and years of of working with Macmillan Cancer Research, um, you know, kind of doing everything that he could to support there and with their charitable efforts. Um, but he's just he's been a huge part of, you know why a lot of us are still here today. I think, um, if it wasn't for him, I, I think the old school section would look entirely different. Um, so that's, uh, that's, that's the big one for me. I, I used to say this years ago, um, that it was, it was kind of weird for me to have a role model that was so much younger than me, but I mean, that's, that's kind of who Adam is to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he is, he's someone that I definitely look up to and he's someone to, you know, who, who I should aspire to, to be like, that's awesome. He's a good dude. Yeah, no, definitely like a pillar of the RS community and Twitch community. And absolutely, um, I'm really looking forward to. I've never been to a Rune Fest, but uh, hopefully, when all the you know COVID restrictions and stuff kind of get lessened, uh, hopefully yeah. we'll have a, a Rune Fest soon. I hope I, so. Yeah, I, would love I hope they'll do one next year. There's not going to be one this year for sure. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, I hope I hope they get one going next year. Um, because that's something I haven't experienced. There's so much fun, man. Yeah, and you got to go to. I remember you talking about uh your experience at the Dead Man Mode Mansions, Jack and oh, Jack in a full Red Bull fridge and everything. Oh, that was so. You know, I I literally drank probably twenty <laughs> to twenty five Red Bulls within like five days. That was not healthy for me. That's it was so amazing. Fucked. Uh, I'll never do that again. It was awesome, <laughs> but um, yeah, that that event was so much fun. Any anything that Jagex puts together has always been pretty top tier in terms of like bringing the content creators out. Uh, awesome. But RuneFest itself is just it's such a unique experience, man. I mean, I, I usually go to RuneFest and TwitchCon each year, and RuneFest is by far my favorite. It it doesn't even come close to what TwitchCon is for me. Which TwitchCon is massive, you know. I mean, there's thirty thirty five thousand people yeah. there, but I mean RuneFest. I don't ever have any downtime at, at RuneFest. It's constantly, you know, talking to people or or meeting someone new or just, you know, hanging out with some of the content creators. And it's just, it's just so much fun. Uh, I think everyone, if you get the chance, should get out to that. Uh, whether you want to, you know, meet some people that you grew up with or or play the game with or, you know, content creators that, that you want to meet. Everyone's always willing to talk. No one there is is ever arrogant about anything like that. It's just we all want to be there and, and have a good time with with people that enjoy the game. That's so awesome. That's I, cool, man. You, I really you need to go. To oh yeah, I'm definitely planning on it. So uh, especially now, like now that I like the game is such a big part of my life. So yeah. All right, um, Paul. If there's if there's nothing 
else i know we still have a couple topics but i want to wrap things off on, on a good note and um but uh i just want to say absolute pleasure thank you so much for being on the cast yeah um, i appreciate you having me man this has been fun i'm glad i'm glad you i'm glad you think so a lot of people i know you've obviously been streaming for years and so you're just totally comfortable with like any sort of situation but i know a lot of people come on feeling really nervous and then they're like that was enjoyable you know and time flies <laughs> Maybe you're just an intimidating dude. <laughs> I, I'm the one that's getting intimidated right now. Like I've had a few <laughs> guests on where I've been like, I've watched you for so much longer than you've ever like known about me. And so it's, it's like the roles have switched almost. But um, anyway, thank you so much for being on it. I'll have your Twitch in the description, your Twitter, your YouTube. Is there any other thing that you would like to uh, have linked? No, nah, that's all good, man. Okay. Go watch Bodie or someone. <laughs> All right, Paul, thank you so much again. And uh, hey, thank you, brother. Next week, guys, we are going to have Rendy on the cast talking about uh, what's what's uh, uh, I guess what's up in the world of Rendy. So look forward to that, guys. I'm definitely looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week, guys. Peace. See you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>